0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the mountain state. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: Good to be back with you on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the final Basketball Friday Night of the 2020-2021 season, even though there were no games played in the fall of 2020 or in the early, late winter, I should say. But we're here. We made it to semifinal Friday at the Boys State Tournament. We crowned four girls state champions a week ago. Brian upling Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone with you. We'll go to the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum in just a moment, but Bill, so far, only one game has really been affected by COVID at the state tournament, and that game was on the opening day, or excuse me, on the opening game Wednesday morning when wow. Herbert Hoover had most of its varsity out, but outside of that, it's about as normal as it could be
2: i, I got to give kudos to those kids from Herbert Hoover, guys. I mean, you talk about giving them the Hero Award because, I mean, you talk about kids that were playing preliminary games, uh, you know, throughout our abbreviated basketball season, and, you know, they, they probably were looking forward to going up to the city, the Coliseum and Convention Center and just maybe some of them sitting on the bench and enjoying uh, uh, watching their uh, varsity guys do their thing. No. You're being called in to pitch, <laughs> and and those guys actually, you know, uh, did the best they could. You know, they were overmatched, obviously, and uh, you know, you hate to say you, you kind of saw it coming, but for those guys to step up and represent the Huskies of Herbert Hoover and compete as hard as they did, and they did, they competed hard. They were just a little overmatched. Kudos to those guys, but again, that was the only game that we've had affected, and uh, so far it's been really good. Uh, To this morning, a COVID sellout; it was a full house. Uh, Let's say what four thousand, maybe. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, it looked like a a great crowd tonight. Watch out; could be big crowds tomorrow.
1: Let's get you first a quick scoreboard update. Set the stage for where we are today here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Start in Class Four A where Huntington falls to Morgantown. The Mohegans, the number one ranked team in Class 4A, will be in the initial Quad A State Championship game. They defeat Huntington 64-42. to 42. They'll get the winner of Martinsburg and George Washington. Getting ready to tip off right now. We'll get an update on that throughout the day. In Class AAA... Shady Spring defeats Winfield 68-51 and Wheeling Central defeats Hampshire. There's a story there too. 61-49. So state championship tomorrow in class AAA will be the number three seed Shady Spring and the number five seed Wheeling Central Maroon Knights. Class AA, number two polka in a thriller over number three Charleston Catholic this morning, 42-40. to one of the best games you will ever find in a state tournament. Also today, Williamstown defeated Chapmanville 55-41. So the Class AA Boys State Championship game will be between Williamstown and Polka. And Class Single A, these semifinal games were played Thursday. Man defeats Webster County 81-54. And Pendleton County upends Tug Valley, 38-35. So it will be undefeated Pendleton County, taking the state's longest current win streak into championship Saturday against number one man tomorrow morning. And that's a check of your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Let's go straight to the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum and Convention Center. That's not the official name of it, but that's what we're going to call it for right now anyway. Jordan Mounts is their courtside side. And, Jordan, uh, an excellent day of basketball in Charleston.
3: Absolutely, Ryan. You know, I, I want to highlight especially the um, uh, the first game of today between the uh, Charleston Catholic and Polka. Absolutely a fantastic game. What an ending that game came out to be. You know, um, all you can say is two words, Isaac McNeely. The kid comes down, they're trailing, Comes down, hits a three-pointer to put him on top. Then Aiden Satterfield for the, uh, for Charleston the Catholic, the Irish, drives it down the court. Layup, up and in. Catholic has the lead. 20 seconds to go at the very end, and then back up the court. Here comes McNeely. Another three, boom, send, the, uh, send the, everybody home. What a finish for that game. But there's been, that's not the only great game we've had today. We've had great games all over the place. It's tournament time here in the Charleston Civic Center, Charleston Coliseum. You can't beat it. You cannot beat West Virginia High School basketball during tournament time.
1: It's been a whole lot of fun. You mentioned that POCA-Charleston Catholic game earlier today. You had three lead changes in the final 23 seconds of play, and these were three straight trips down the floor without a timeout. That's really, I mean, in a ball game that was close, defensive battle, low scoring, that little surge in the last thirty seconds—that's what—that's what you all—that's what we dream about growing up—is in being in that situation. And Isaac McNeely certainly put his stamp on that game at the end.
3: You know, you're absolutely right, um, but it, McNeely's one one peg there in in the the whole uh, cog that is the uh, polka dots. Great, they had a great He He obviously stood out with 25 points uh, for his team, but also they did receive good contribution by the other players as well. Ethan Payne finished uh, just, uh, just shy of double digits there with nine points himself, himself. So, again, great game overall. And in the end, your playmaker, Isaac McNeely, stepped up big for his team and, and sealed the victory for POCA.
1: Well, let's talk about this game that just ended. Uh, Wheeling Central beating Hampshire 61-49 in the Class AAA semifinals. Hampshire wasn't supposed to be there based on the seeding. They were the first number eight team to beat a number one since seeding began at the West Virginia State Tournament 12, 13, 14 years ago now. It's been a long time. And uh, Hampshire got there by beating number one Robert C. Bird in the opening round. Wheeling Central a little bit too tough, but Jordan, that's an excellent story. By the way, Wheeling Central won its first game on a buzzer beater, so There's been a lot of intrigue in so many games this week.
3: You know you're absolutely right. Uh, the the game, even though that it, it does show a 12 point win for Wheeling Central, Hampshire was never out of this ball game. They kept making runs. They were in this ball game until the last couple of minutes of this game. But you know in the end, uh, J.C. Maxwell for the uh, Maroon Knights of uh, Wheeling Central basically put the team on his back in this game. Finished with a double double, 12 rebounds, 30 points on the night for J.C. Maxwell of Maroon Knights. Overall for Hampshire County, they just – good team basketball. Their leading scorer was uh, Drew Keckley. Uh, Again, 15 points for him, four rebounds. Uh, You know, just a great game to watch overall. And, you know, the Hampshire County kids, they have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Like you said, you know, the eighth seed coming into the tournament, they defeated the number one seed. Were they even supposed to be here? Those kids absolutely proved on this floor tonight – they were supposed to be here in Charleston
1: Great ball game, great report Jordan I know that they're getting ready to go through the pregame routine for the night cap tonight, the final game of semifinal Friday and class 4A as number 3 Martinsburg and number 2 George Washington meet, we'll check back with you throughout the course of the evening, get updates on that ball game Jordan Appreciate it guys, have a good show Thanks so much, and again Jordan Mounts with us from the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center and I mean, Coach Marone this has been such a Helter Skelter week in so many different ways. You had the, the COVID situation with Herbert Hoover. They were actually able to get out on the floor and play even though I think there was only one player who dressed in their regional game that dressed in their state tournament game. They, they stepped up to the plate. There's also the very heavy heartedness with Woodrow Wilson and the shooting death of one of their players on Sunday evening in Beckley and they took the floor um, Thursday evening and held their own with Morgantown through much of that contest. A, te- a Woodrow team with a rare losing record, but still making it to Charleston. And Rick, there are just so many storylines to follow over the course of a week, it's hard to jam it all into a three-hour show on a Friday night.
4: Yeah, we'll do the best that we can. But just as you mentioned, uh, you had buzzer beaters this morning that allow people to, kind of like Jordan said, to enjoy high school basketball as much as we do. Uh, It's what it's all about. You forget sometimes it's May. (laughs) You know, the calendar says otherwise. But again, I was there covering the the Woodrow Wilson game and the heavy hearts uh, for that squad. Amazing that they were able to take the floor after that situation. Uh, that occurred to one of their players, uh, like you said, just last Sunday, and uh, they battled hard. I think we'll see in the long run how well they played against Morgantown after we know that Morgantown really got the the better of Huntington tonight. And then, uh, you know, the storylines are a must uh, when you think about the four classes. You got Pendleton County riding a 40-game win streak. I don't know how many people thought they would knock off Tug Valley yesterday. Uh, I got to watch that game as well, and uh you know, it was a, it was an interesting game. They did what they had to do. They made a key play late in that game on an offensive rebound and were able to get to the finals to try and cap off a year that last year Ryan had no finish. There's going to be some great finishes tomorrow. I think last year everybody felt empty because the season wasn't able to end the way it should. Well, like you said, other than the Hoover situation, you know, we should thank the the Lord above and thank the SAC, too, for being able to pull this off. I think they've done a great job.
2: Hey, you're talking about uh, uh, heavy hearts. Of course, uh, it's been a, such a tough year. We, we lost two high school basketball players in the state to, to gun violence, and, and uh, kudos to Charleston Catholic. Those kids wore T-shirts. In honor of both Dwayne Richardson from Woodrow Wilson and of course who we lost a few weeks ago, KJ Taylor from Capitol, about half the kids had a shirt honoring Dwayne and half the kids had a a shirt honoring KJ who I'm sure a lot of those kids knew in the charleston area that's yeah, been's it's been an emotional time
1: for a lot of people and it's just been one of those evenings where you know we didn't really know exactly how this show was going to to, to start as of earlier this week based upon you know, the, the situation with Woodrow Wilson and obviously with Herbert Hoover there were concerns of contact tracing and how far that would reach if it was someone from Hoover who tested positive or if it was simply contact tracing and quarantine from uh, another from their regional game and it, it's you know we were also kind of concerned that you know that might actually take out a few of the other players in
4: the state tournament and fortunately it did not. Fortunately it did not. uh, Actually the only player for Hoover that suited up was one that was vaccinated. Uh, The gentleman, I'm going to say gentleman, 18 years old I think, uh, a senior and uh, he was out there going at it with his teammates and I can tell you having been a JV player, you know, I wanted my chance, uh, and I know those guys went out and uh, were, were excited to play, but, uh, you know, when you think about 12 of 13, I think, were quarantined. You know, these are guys that really weren't even on the varsity roster to start with, and they got an experience of a lifetime. On one day's notice. Yes. Because, yes. and here's the other thing, too. <clears throat> um, when you have a JV
1: that's kind of, when you get to postseason basketball, you tend to keep about 12 okay. to 15 right, on right. your roster, and you release everyone else <laughs> to allow them to go play baseball or track. Especially or, this year. Right, this year let yeah. yeah. So there's a chance that yeah. those Hoover kids haven't practiced basketball in two or three weeks, mm-hmm. and then on Tuesday morning they find out they're the ones playing Wednesday morning. You don't even have time to get nervous at that point because you're playing at the, the 9.30 game Wednesday morning. And uh, I just, you know, all... That's a very difficult situation, but I thought they handled it first class, and I expect nothing less from that.
4: Well, for the number of games, Bill, throughout this abbreviated season that were affected by COVID, canceled by COVID, rescheduled by COVID, to be able to get through the tournament and have just that uh, knock on wood, yeah. you know, we have one more day to get through, just have that one incident, I tell you, it's amazing. I just had a thought thinking
2: about those kids from Hoover Just think if they could have pulled that off, forget the movie Hoosiers. We we, we would have had a new legendary high school basketball movie we just called instead of Hoosiers, we called it Hoover. (laughs) That really would
1: have been something. uh, We're getting ready to speak with Wheeling Central uh, coach um, Mel Stevens here in just a moment. His Maroon Knights picking up a win just a few moments ago in the class AAA semifinals over Hampshire 61-49 also, uh, we're getting him settled in right now while we do that, uh, Coach Marone maybe, we talked about how great the last 23 seconds of that Polka-Charleston Catholic game was earlier today the last Ten seconds of that Wheeling Central nitro game. Oh my gosh! From uh,
4: Wednesday night it was spectacular. I tell you what was most impressive, and I was even going to, when we get Coach On. Uh, there was no timeout before that side out of bounds. I mean, they executed it perfectly, and then Topher hit the three, and uh, just an amazing win for them. But just the discipline and the fact that they were able to execute that under such uh, circumstance was amazing to propel them into tonight's game. And
1: Wheeling Central head coach Mel Stevens joins us now courtside at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. First off, Coach, congratulations
5: on the victory today. Thank you very much. What
1: what are your thoughts here? I mean, you're going into a championship game tomorrow against Shady Spring. Maybe this is a question better left for next week, but the four-class system changed your route to the state tournament, changed your classification and who you play. How's that affected you
5: and your scouting and, and your team this year? Well, you know, I mean, for us, we didn't we didn't really talk that much about the the, the class. I mean, we just uh, took it as we were going to get it, get to face some different teams this year, both in the regular season and once we got into tournament play. So, you know, we just basically took took them one game at a time, and you know, we were fortunate enough to to win at the last second the other night against a very good nitro team, and you know, came out tonight and shot the ball a lot better and. You know, when you shoot the ball better, that makes your life a little bit easier. Uh, You know, and with Shady Spring tomorrow, I mean, we saw them play today. They're very impressive. I mean, they all can shoot the ball. Uh, They get out and pressure you really hard, try to, you know, get you out of what you want to try to do offensively. So, you know, we got a lot of work to do tonight to try to get ready to come out and compete tomorrow.
1: That should be an excellent game. And I I don't want to go too far back here on this, but in that buzzer-beating win over Nitro, and I think... We may just walk there. We got to catch back. Okay. Coach Marone here was talking about how. There was no timeout before that sideline out of bounds play. You give the ball back to the inbounder, and he gets an open look for three. Uh, obviously, you have to be happy with how your team executed, and it shows. That's something you guys clearly work on in practice.
5: Sure. You know, I mean, we that, the, our last practice before we came down here, we went over our, our our special situation plays, and you know, I told them in the locker room after the game, you know, that sometimes they treat that stuff. You know, we're doing a five on zero just to make sure we know where we're supposed to go, and you know, they kind of treat it like, oh, we're never going to have to use that. You know, it, it paid off the other night. I mean, Michael Michael made a big play. I mean, we, we ran it the, you know, try to get Ryan to look in the corner. But our last option was if that's not open, you know, hit the guy on the elbow and, and get it right back and, and try to get a shot.
1: Big time win that night. A big time win tonight over Hampshire, 61-49. Uh, You kind of had to play the the role of the Cinderella spoiler a little bit today with Hamster after their big win. That was a good basketball team. I think that was someone teams may not be all that familiar with because of when they were in the old-class AAA, it was very hard to get out of the panhandle. That's, that's a good basketball team you guys beat tonight.
5: Yeah, it, it sure was. You know, they were in our region, which, you know, the way the region was set up was kind of odd because we had, you know, teams up, up in the northern panhandle in one section and teams over in the eastern panhandle in the other part of the, you know, the other section, the other part of our region. So, you know, we'd actually seen some film on Hampshire because, you know, we felt there was a, there was a possibility that we would have had to play them in a regional co-final. So we had, we had seen some tape on them. You know, I, I was very impressed with them. I mean, they had six seniors that, you know, you could tell had played together for a while, that, you know, they kind of knew where each other was going to be all the time. And, you know, a little bit of a surprise for them to get bird, but, you know, I felt the eight teams that were down here this year are, are were all capable of winning a game. And You know, that kind of played out with with them beating Bird and and Winfield pulling the upset against uh, Fairmont Senior.
2: Mayell, it's Bill Cornwell. You you didn't get a chance to play as many regular season games as a lot of other teams in the state did. And, you know, a lot of coaches will look at that and say, uh, you know, we, we didn't get much time to build momentum. It looks like you guys are just peaking at the right time, perfect time right now.
5: Yeah, hopefully. You know, all the games we missed were basically because of the COVID protocol stuff with other teams. So, you know, we were able to continue practice. I mean, it was tough, you know, when you went, you know, I mean, we went from, I think, April 6th to April 21st, you know, between our last regular season game and our first sectional game. But, you know, we were still able to get in the gym and work on some stuff. But, yeah, you know, once we got back to where we were able to start playing on a little bit more regular basis, uh, that and the fact that, you know, Ryan Reesebeck had been out for, for a while with a back back injury, and, you know, we got him back for, for the sectional final, and, you know, he's a key player for us, and getting him back and getting him back into, you know, playing shape has, has helped a lot.
1: He had 17 points in that win over Nitro in the quarterfinal round, Wheeling Central getting the win in the semifinal round over Hampshire. Coach Mel Stevens, best of luck tomorrow as your Maroon Knights take on Shady Spring for the AAA Championship.
5: All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Again, that's Coach Mel
1: Stevens of Wheeling Central. and Coach Marone, you've been in those shoes before. Big win on semifinal Friday going into Saturday. In fact, you were an assistant coach on a boys team that had to face Wheeling Central in a, in a state championship game. You've also taken girls basketball teams as a head coach. What's this week like for you guys? We'll, we'll get this, and then we'll take a break. But first, what, what's the what's well, I'll tell week
4: you, like? Uh, you're in a bubble. I mean, I, that's the easiest way to explain it. I know the two times uh, with the girls' side that we were able to go to the finals, uh, a lot of those games were within a very short period of time. Uh, one one run was in – we started on Thursday evening. Uh, we were actually in a Thursday uh, rotation. And then we had a Friday 6 o'clock game. And then we had to play at like 12.30 on Saturday. So in a 48-hour stretch. And within that, we had a double overtime game. And then we had another win in the semifinals. So it's really – it's. it's. It's all basketball, it's all rest and recovery, some film work, uh, very little physical work with practicing, and it's just recovering your body and then mentally trying to move on because... That's what impressed me about Central. I mean, they get a huge win yesterday and have to turn around and play again, and you could tell those guys were not looking backwards. You know, and that's a veteran coach and a veteran ball club, and you've got to stay in the moment, because momentum in the state tournament, I've been on boys and girls sidelines as well, where momentum has went against us, where we've had 16-point leads in the fourth quarter, and it can get away from you in a hurry up there, because the momentum just seems so much bigger, but it's really like being in a bubble. I mean, you really have to stay focused on what you're doing.
1: In the bubble, we've before- before the bubble became Before a, a fact. Before the bubble. Yes. <laughs> the A AAA championship game tomorrow at 5.30 it will be between Shady Spring and Wheeling Central. Shady Spring, by the way, this is the first time winning games in the State Boys Tournament. They got their first two wins in school history in the State Boys Tournament, so... Big-time opportunity for them and an opportunity for William Central to win a classification it's never won before.
4: Fun to watch. I tell you, that's going to be a great game, Mark, if you can get there and get a ticket. Like Bill said, a lot of those sessions are sold out. But if not, uh, check it out online. That's going to be fun. Shady Spring flat out likes to get it up and down, and they like to shoot the ball.
1: Should be a very good game. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll kind of recap championship Saturday from the girls' action last week. There were some outstanding ball games on that championship day, and a lot of people getting beginning to celebrate over the past week. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, break one. That's when we
6: come back here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. <laughs>
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and even ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, the ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering a thundering herd on our Huntington campus go behind player stats and game scores learn to report compelling stories become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms find out how sports and media impact our society Marshall University's WPH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career learn more at marshall.edu soj MC. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia scoreboard. Big thank you to our affiliates out there carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 104.1 FM, WVXS and Romney, 92.5 FM, WZAC Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM, WKQV Cowan and Hurd in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, including Ron Sparks, Robert Idleton, Steve Marshall, and Ken Rogers. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
6: is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 9.23 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell, happy to have you here as we come to you from the WMUL studios on the campus of Marshall University on this, the 7th day of May in 2021. It, just, it still sounds weird. It's just not getting used to it. But I will say it real fast, and we'll get a score update on that Martinsburg-George Washington game in a moment. I noticed somebody on Twitter responding to a couple of the tweets about games that have been played saying, I envision West Virginia as this place where they just play basketball year-round and have state tournaments just whenever they get around to it. You know what? This year sort of been that
2: way. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, it, you know... What a fascinating time. May 7th, you know, you think about in basketball terms, what are you thinking about May 7th usually? You're thinking, well, where are my kids going to go to basketball camp? Where are we going to take a team camp? Uh, No, no, you're playing games. (laughs) Yeah, you've got games to play. (laughs) Well, and you're also at this point of the
1: year, you're starting to think about graduation. Mm -hmm. Prom would generally be in this time period, and you'll be getting ready for the baseball postseason. Exactly. Yes, in softball. Yes,
4: right. in three weeks we have graduation. Yes, so It's hard to turn the page that state but you have to. Okay, they sure. track me just a few weeks away usually.
1: Yeah right. Yeah, Uh, it's just uh, it's
4: just like I said, interesting
1: time. We'll go to Brian Sexton, who is a broadcaster and public address voice of Calvary Baptist Academy in just a moment. But first, Bill, you've got an update on that quad A semifinal, the final game of semifinal Friday. I do,
2: and uh, we're getting close to the end of the first quarter, and the Martinsburg Bulldogs have pulled out. To a 15 to nine lead over George Washington when they got to the first media timeout around the three minute mark, it was a nine nine game. But uh, Martinsburg has had a 6-0 run and they've uh, pulled out to just a bit of a lead near the end of the first quarter.
1: We'll catch you up more on the girls' state tournament that was uh, a little bit, you know, as we go on throughout this program. And uh, right now, though, Brian Sexton is the public address voice and a broadcaster for Calvary Baptist Academy. He joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. First off, Brian, I'm just so glad to get to talk to you on a basketball Friday night. Brian, are you with us? All right. I can't hear Brian, so let's go back to put him on cue and we'll we'll check in with him in a moment. Uh, but guys, that girls' state tournament, girls' championship Saturday. Let's rattle through this real fast. Tug Valley beat Cameron in the Class A girls title game, sixty-three to forty-five. Surprising that it was that margin. Not surprising that Tug Valley won. Great ball club, and they they were they won every game by at least eighteen points in Charleston. It's one of the more dominant runs from a public school in the small school division over the years.
4: Yeah, we were one of the first victims, so I can tell you they're impressive, uh, well-coached, and uh, really got some top-notch players. Of course, Kaylee Baysden leads the charge for the Panthers. You know, Jordan gets to watch them throughout the year, but uh, they put together a a run, I think, that's going to be something to uh, marvel at and try and uh, emulate, because they really ran rough shot all the way through the tournament. Uh,
1: Hopefully, we get to talk with head coach Clyde Farley a little bit later on, because I've got a very important question to ask him about how he'll remember May 1st from here on out. (laughs) Also, uh, the Class AA Girls State Championship game, Wyoming East beat Parkersburg Catholic 61-50. That was a very good ball game, too. Uh, But the Warriors win their second Class AA title and ending what was the state's longest unbeaten streak with Parkersburg Catholic. And uh, Again, Coach Barone, you've had to deal with Wyoming East before over the years. You've dealt with Parkersburg Catholic before. Two great programs, two great teams, well-coached teams. It was a good ball game that well, uh, Wyoming East just made a couple extra shots and got the win.
4: Yeah, Sky Davidson, and they've got a really good crew of young players too. And then Coach Bonzini, which we talked to her on the program uh, several times, uh, has them well prepared. And Wyoming East really a tradition of excellence there, and they hang another banner this year. Perhaps the biggest surprise, it was
1: a surprise, it was a shocker in terms of how it played out, but the biggest surprise was Nitro winning the Class AAA Girls State Championship 51-45 over Fairmont Senior. Ending the Polar Bears' undefeated run into championship Saturday. And here's what was interesting with that, guys. Bailey Goines, who ended up being co-player of the year. You had the two co-players of the year yes. in that ball game, Marley uh, Wachennitz and Bailey Goines, going head-to-head. But they didn't go head-to-head long. Goines suffered a, a very bad knee injury that's yeah. going to require surgery. And if you thought Nitro was a one-man team, no. they proved everyone wrong i looking forward to talking to Pat Jones later on because I want to know what he told his team after that because (laughs) we all need to learn that in life because whatever he told his team that team responded and came back and got the biggest win in school history.
4: Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I was there covering it for the show. Uh, unreal. I mean, just being honest, and I'll tell Co- Coach Jones, when she went down right before halftime, everybody in the place thought it was over. I mean, because Fairmont's so uh, aggressive, so talented, and we just knew they were going to turn up the heat. Yeah. But I tell you what, Taylor Maddox and the rest of that crew for Nitro, uh, you see things in sports sometimes yeah. that really make you understand why you love sports. That was one of them. nothing against Fairmont. They got a great team and had a great run. Run. But to see things you don't really expect to happen because the will to win uh, is amazing.
2: This a lot of one, grit yeah. with that team. That's, that's the word I would use. They had a gritty performance, and they were just mentally tough. And this, this won't
1: mean anything to our friends from Fairmont Senior who have been so good to join us, but it's true. It's because they're so good. Mm-hmm. And it's right. the respect for them that makes that such a remarkable right. game. Exactly. And to know it took such an effort to defeat them. And the Class 4A... Battle of Cabell County in Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center, Huntington, defeats Cabell Midland 58. Forty-nine to win the
2: 4A girls state basketball tournament. And what's scary about that Huntington team is most of those girls come back next year. That should be an excellent ball. Lonnie Lucas is
5: loaded. If he was
1: thinking about retirement, he might put it off at least another year.
2: And we're going to hear from Lonnie later on tonight. Looking forward
1: to it. Yeah, no, not not now. (laughs) No, no, no. We're going to step aside right now, though, and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Tigers, that boys basketball team into the Class AAA state championship game tomorrow. We'll also have Angie Bonzini, head coach of the girls, double-A champion Wyoming East Warriors. All that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West
6: Virginia rolls on. This is Break 2 on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game and during the state tournaments it's basketball friday night in west virginia thanks for joining us we appreciate you being with us tonight big thank you to our many affiliates carrying basketball friday night in west virginia we appreciate them including 1600 am 98.1 fl wkkx in wheeling 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY in Moundsville. 101.1 FM, WV, WP, LP in Wayne. 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. Join us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, and uh, send us a tweet. Tell us about your game, your teams, things about the season. Love to hear from you. Big shout-out to some of our newest Twitter followers, including Dylan Hall Baller, Peyton, Mike Jalsimer, Austin Banks, Carmen, Patrick O'Brien. They all joined us here recently on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Give us a call tonight, toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. You can watch our high-definition video by going to basketballnight.com. All it does is take one click to watch. You can listen from there also. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us on the final show of a strange season.
6: to date on your favorite teams, check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan
1: Epling. 932 coming up on 933 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, semifinal Friday of the Boys State Basketball Tournament. Setting up the matchups for championship Saturday and already uh, three of those matchups are set We're looking forward to kind of breaking those down as we go. Throughout the evening, I want to tell you right now we're having a little bit of a technical issue with our phone lines right now. We are working on that. We have all the faith in the world that we're going to get this fixed very quickly. So, Ronnie Olson, who is the head coach of Shady Spring, we will get to Coach Olson as soon as we can. Um, we're trying. We're working on it. We've got our best people on, it and they're—I mean, trust me, our people are good behind the scenes because they make this whole thing run. And uh, and there's a lot to this. So, uh, Bill. You got an update though on update. the game in progress. Uh,
2: Martinsburg has blown out to an eleven-point lead. Uh, we're at the three fifty-nine mark. The second media timeout has been reached, uh, but uh, Martinsburg is uh, since that last media timeout, the end of the quarter, they, they've basically had about a twelve to eight run to get up you know, to the lead and Anthony Smith uh, he already has ten points to lead them for uh, so Martinsburg, Coach Rogers' team uh, looking good right now against the GW Patriots. That's a team that was, you know, played very well in its opening game yesterday morning against Cabell Midland
1: and then almost gave it away at the end so uh, that's still a very good basketball team. Something we noticed in girls basketball and uh, we'll we'll get to that point in a moment. But it was weird, the dichotomy of where the teams that won were located. Almost, Actually, all four of them, the schools, reside south of I-64. All right. That's not normal for to be like that one-sided in a given year. Interesting. We'll see if that's something that plays out further, or if that's just the way it worked out this year. <laughs> Who knows? It's hard to tell. But I think we've got our phone lines fixed. We have Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Boys Basketball team, as they get ready for the Class AAA State Championship game tomorrow. Coach Olson, thank you for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
8: What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be uh, have the opportunity to be here and talk about tomorrow. Uh, so,
1: hey, let's talk. We'll talk about tomorrow in a moment. Let's talk about why you get to play tomorrow. Uh, so far, so good at a, at a school that. Had not won a state tournament game before this year. Two big wins, one over Herbert Hoover. We talked about that situation, but yeah. you guys handled that first class. And then, second, you know, semifinal game earlier today, a 17 point win over Winfield. And uh, it may not have been the route you thought you would take to get there, but you are to championship Saturday. Tell me about your experience so far in Charleston.
8: Uh, you, uh, you know, not the route, but. Uh... The only, um, end route and position it is, is playing on Saturday. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, Herbert, you know, we felt, uh, you know, I think the kids took it a little personal that, you know, kind of discredited our first win. And, and, and obviously we weren't playing against a full Herbert Hoover team, but I think they wanted to show the state, uh, the whole state of West Virginia and what Shady Spring basketball is about. Uh, they just play with so much fire and intensity, uh, this, this morning. And just the way they executed on both sides of the floor was just, uh, just a great showing and, and, and character of, of, our, of our group of young men, and it was awesome to see, awesome to coach and be involved in. And uh, we're not done yet, though.
1: Well, coach, and you, you mentioned that game against Herbert Hoover. From your standpoint, you know the situation. They've only got one kid who even dressed in their regional game available, and the rest were junior varsity players. Is it the fact that it was a state tournament game? Did that kind of make it so much easier to keep your kids focused? Because it's a state well, tournament it doesn't really matter what's going on over there to you in those 32 minutes
8: well to be fair they had a couple more and they had two or three more starters back that i didn't realize they had i you know i'd actually talked to coach before and i was on the impression they only had one uh you know and and they kind of it was kind of wrong and what, what, what was out there and they had more than what they had was assumed so uh you know we took that personal you know we you know uh uh, and it was our first state tournament game, like you said. You know, I mean, we were on that stage. We worked way, way, way too hard to get to that stage. And it could happen to anybody. It happened to my group last year. We thought we had a chance to win a state title last year, and we it was cut short as well. So I definitely know what it feels like to be in that position. But, uh, you know, at this point, we felt bad for him, but we weren't going to feel sorry for him. So uh, we were just ready to play, and we didn't care who we played, where we played, how we played it. Um, we had one goal, and that's win a state championship. And, uh, you know, uh, here we are, you know. So uh, hats off to the boys. They took it personal. Um, and it's a state tournament game, your first one. You're not going to go out there and halfway go through it. Ronnie, uh, yeah,
2: really impressed with your win today against Winfield for the simple fact that Winfield's uh, traditionally been a good shooting team, good rebounding team. They had that this year. They did out-rebound you 36-29, but you did a great job defensively. You held them to only 37 37- 0.3% off from the floor shooting. That is solid defensive work.
8: Yeah, it is. It's really an attribute to the kids. Um, you, know, we, you know, it kind of helped us a little bit. They run some of our same sets, so uh, we just had to make a couple adjustments uh, to them. And we knew if we pressured them out a little bit, we felt like we could give them uh, problems. And the kids just, I don't think there was maybe but one or two possessions where they didn't execute the defensive game plan to uh, perfection. And um you know, uh, that's where it started. And I know everybody loves the way we run the floor and shoot threes and, and share the ball, but we really uh, hang our hats on defense. And uh, I think we held them to eight points in the second and nine in the third. That's amazing to do to a team like Winfield. They're really good. They're well coached. They run good set. Um, they're precise, like you said. They rebound. They got four seniors. And, and you know, you think about that. We start four sophomores. They for, so start four seniors. And, and that's just a, a, a great attribute to our, our young group of guys right there.
4: Hey, Coach. Uh, coach Marone here. Uh, congratulations again on the win today, and I, I actually wanted to, to mention that. Uh, those middle two quarters when you took control of the game, uh, you kept your offensive production up, but again, you forced uh, them throughout the game to twice the turnovers. They had 14 turnovers to only your seven. You're taking care of the basketball, and that keeps you in the game, and then when your shots start falling, you're able to get some separation. So just talk about getting a young group to kind of buy into your your uh, philosophy. They see success with it, but uh, I can tell tell you as a fellow coach, you know, getting that 32 minutes of commitment is impressive to see, and you guys are hitting on all cylinders on both sides of the ball.
8: I appreciate that, Coach. Uh, it is, you know. Um, I mean, you know, it's hard to keep kids locked in anything nowadays, even watching a, a movie without getting on their phone. You know, let alone four quarters of basketball, but um you know these kids i know and people say they our community and the history of what they want to be a part of means so much to them it's bigger than themselves and i think they realize that you know when you talk about history this is truly a a historical moment and we we you know when you put yourselves and you realize sports is means so much to you your family your community and you know all you do is travel on stinky gyms and you're traveling on the weekends you're playing summer league, and your parents are yelling at you and you know and and, and, and here you are at the pinnacle of West Virginia high school uh, sports and everybody knows it's to get to charleston you there's there's some great players great coaches that have never got to be in this opportunity and we talk about that enjoy every hour every compliment you get coming off the floor every practice every dribble you know every water you drink on the sideline just enjoy it you know and uh take it in and 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 definitely play like you're the best team and play like you have a chip on your shoulder and uh you know, like I said, I was there in, in my senior year and lost the state championship game after beating one seed, Tog Valley, and I've, I've shared that with them a little bit. You know, uh, I thought, you know, we had beat the best team, and here we are got beat to a team that weren't, wasn't supposed to be as good as us in Magnolia. And I've shared that with them, and uh, I, I don't think this group is going to um, waver. I think they're, they're you know, they're, they're super focused. They're good kids. It's the way they approach the game of basketball is impressive at their age, and, uh, that, that, you know, that's attribute to their parents as well.
1: Championship game coming up tomorrow at five thirty against Wheeling Central. What do you know about the Maroon Knights?
8: Uh, they're good. They're disciplined. They're well coached. They run great sets. Uh, you know, if we thought we had to play good defense tonight, we're going to, to play better defense tomorrow night. Um, you know, they they have great shooters. Uh, they space the floor well. Um, they try to get mismatches. Um, you know, coaches. You know, he, he's done a great job with that program. Uh, you know, so. It's a challenge, um, but just to be in that position to have a challenge on Saturday, on Championship Saturday, is just uh, amazing in itself. And I think if we do what we're supposed to play Shady Spring basketball, lock in on defense, um, I think we're going to be all right. And hopefully, it's enough to get us a state championship tomorrow.
1: Well, you took out, uh, and tomorrow you take on Mel Stevens, the head coach of Wheeling Central and his Maroon Knights Ball Club. You beat his son's team today at Winfield. You kept the father-son thing from happening. I don't know. I mean, you're a little bit of a spoiler there from a storyline standpoint, but I think it's a heck of a story what you guys are doing too. So uh, definitely appreciate you getting to talk with me tonight, Coach, and best of luck tomorrow.
8: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You guys do a good job.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. And, again, that's Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Tigers. Boys basketball team, they'll win the state championship tomorrow, and I don't think they'll be getting a. You know, this is joking, (laughs) but I don't think the Stevens family, if they beat. Willing Central tomorrow will uh, be sending a Christmas card. Eh? <laughs> they
4: will not, but I tell you what—if you want to feel like you're working hard without having to do anything, watch Coach Olson on the sideline. Yeah. I can tell you, as an older coach, I'm, I don't know—I don't know how old he is. I don't know, uh, but I'm telling you what—he is intense, and his players feed off of that. And if you get a chance to watch the game, yeah. it's well worth he's, it. He's <laughs> the energizer bunny. He yeah. doesn't stop.
2: The, but the one thing I do love this—this this is a classic Northern West Virginia, Southern West Virginia battle. And, you know, let's uh, take the two parts of the state and just decide who's going <laughs> to come out on top. So that's what's beautiful about this little matchup between Shady and Wheeling Central. Uh, it should be a great ball game. And, and what I thought
1: was interesting, too, there, and we'll take a break here in just a moment and then get back to the phone lines. But, you know, you heard Coach Olson mention his senior year when they beat Tug Valley, who was ranked number one in the uh, semifinal round and then lost in the championship to Magnolia. That independence team in 2000 that he was a part of was one of the more underappreciated, really good basketball teams over the years. They lost by four to Magnolia, who finished 16-11 and and won the AA title in 2000. But that was, a, that was another one of those improbable outcomes. Over Greg Davis and Tug Valley at that time were oh just
4: goodness. amazing. Well, and think about this. I mean, Winfield had just upset Fairmont. I mean, yeah. so you got a team that's really feeling it's their time. And, boy, uh, Shady Spring just really come out and, and dominated. We're at halftime in the uh, 4A semifinal.
2: Martinsburg's leading George Washington 34-28. to uh, GW actually had kind of a, a run there toward the end. Uh, here's a stat. Martinsburg in the first half shot sixty. Yeah, that's wow. getting to the basket
1: and getting it done. It is. We'll talk much more about that game. We'll also talk with uh, head coach Andy Bonzini of the Wyoming East Warriors, the Class A Girls Champs, and Brian Sexton, PA a voice and broadcaster for Calvary Baptist Academy. All that and much more. This is break three of basketball
6: Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: this is high school basketball's voice in the mountain state basketball friday night in west virginia Marshall Sports Journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an ever-expanding job market. Sports Journalism and Sports Communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. And we want to thank all the folks at Marshall University, WMUL, for letting us kind of come in every Friday night during season and take over. We really appreciate all you guys. Thanks for all the volunteers and everything you do. You really make this a special show. Also, thanks to our affiliates all around the state of West Virginia, carrying basketball Friday night, and have carried it for years, including one of our first affiliates, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW in Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPOP in Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 9.50 AM, WES in Charleston, and of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us.
9: Of Basketball Friday Night, then come join us, and you're in for a real good time. Now to my big daddy, Ryan Epling. Go Big Daddy. <laughs> I'm Big <a cat. laughs>
1: Daddy. It's been seven years, y'all. Seven years. Let it go. <laughs> basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, they all, you know... I was hoping maybe with the pandemic their minds might be elsewhere and they might forget about it this year. But oh no, that does not happen. That always haunts me every year and that reminds me to give a little public service announcement to all of you out there. Please, do not quote someone verbatim when you were being recorded. It can be used against you later on. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on this May 7th. 2021. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Rick Marone with you. Happy to have you, as always, here on the program. What a, what a week it was for Wyoming East. I thought that girls basketball team a week ago and claiming the AA Girls State Championship, uh, they've had some heartbreak on Championship Saturday in the past, but they got over the hump and beat a, a fantastic Parkersburg Catholic team for that double-A state championship. Angie Bonzini is the head coach of the Warriors. She joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Coach, first off, congratulations on your second state championship.
9: Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Great ball club and a big win on championship Saturday over Parkersburg Catholic, 61-50. to You beat a team that at the time had the longest current unbeaten streak in West Virginia. Tell me a little bit about... What your team was able to do in that game to overcome the Crusader Uts?
9: You know, we knew that Parksburg Catholic had a great team, and we had to, you know, continue our defense and our rebounding. And I thought our kids did an excellent job on the defensive end and rebounding against a tough team.
4: Hey, Coach. uh, Coach Maroon here. Congratulations. And, uh, If you could just expand expand a little bit on that. Uh, You know, your defense really did set the stage. You've got a a real good mix of some veteran players and some younger players. Uh, Those younger players in an abbreviated season, me and you talked last week uh, when we talked about how you didn't get as many games in, but how did you get them all to kind of buy in and be a part of that team defense concept that turned into points for you and uh, just played with confidence really all tournament long?
9: They did. You know, uh, the, 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 You know, in fact, Abby Russell, you know, when she was not having a good offense at the end, she thought, you know, I can play some defense. And she played some tough defense all year long for us on normally the point guard. And, you know, Dacia came in against the bigger guards. Daisha has some length in her, and she has some quickness and did an excellent job there. And you got Sky on the back side. Abby will turn him, and Sky comes behind and steals it. So, you know, they're an aggressive team. They love the defense, and we just we practice more defense than we do offense and practice every day.
1: I think you, you mentioned there what, what I really liked about watching your team, not just this year but in the past, is just how well they share the basketball, how well they play together. You have some top players who have, I mean, you've got Emily Saunders, or you did have Emily Saunders who is at Tennessee right now, so obviously high-level talent. But you never necessarily have one big scorer. You tend to have a lot of girls capable on any given night. And uh, that was kind of the case this year. You didn't necessarily have a big center, but what you did have was a, a ball club that just played very well together.
9: Absolutely, you know, team. And I think when you talk about the scoring, it goes back to our two-point guards the last eight years. You have Gabby Lepartis and Skyward Davidson. They're excellent passers. And they got the other team, you know, t- team members involved. If somebody was open and worked hard to get open, more than likely both of them were going to get you the ball. And Sky had an excellent tournament for us this year. As did, you know, everybody that stepped on the court contribute.
2: Coaches, Bill Cornwell, Uh, just looking back at at our abbreviated season this year, and and, uh, this is probably going to be one that's just going to, in your mind, is going to hang for a long time because of the the unusual journey it's been to get to where we got to play for a championship. And, of course, you guys earned your championship last Saturday.
9: It it was unusual. You know, we got... uh couple teams that were quarantined against us and kind of put us down. You know, we had eight games going into the tournament. So it was definitely, you know, we were trying to keep our team separated from other people to keep them from, you know, uh, having to go into quarantine. So it was definitely unique. And, you know, when you got 15 uh, high school girls kind of together, and you know, it can be, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, entertaining at times. <laughs> it's definitely, we won't forget this season. I think nobody will.
4: Hey, Coach, uh, one more thing. Uh, you know, Sky Davidson uh, graduating and uh, Sarah Saunders, uh, you know, going to be uh, uh, really unusual to be honest with you to see the, the Lady Warriors without Sky out there. I know she's moving on to playing college, but if you could just uh, share with uh, I mean, yeah. what, what she and Corsair too, but uh, what they've meant to your program. They've really been a bridge uh, between the, the crew you had in there before and then to your future. So just tell how important it was for them to make those younger players a part of everything. And as you Mention when your point guard is a top-level point guard, and they make everybody better. It makes the whole team better.
9: It sure does. You know, you can't replace somebody like Sky. You know, we'll do our best to get there, and we got excellent people. But uh, they've both meant a great deal of leadership on and off the court. You know, we had very young guards, Maddie Clark did not play like a freshman was a freshman. And Sky and Sarah there were to build her up. And that, that was their job, you know, to be positive with the kids. And we can't replace them. You know, Sarah gives a lot of things that the stat doesn't, the stat sheet doesn't show, you know, a screen. She's our best screener by far on the team and tipping a ball where another person gets a rebound. So, you know, you can't replace them. We wish them well, and I know they'll both do great things in the future. We just, you know, we'll have to try to continue on to, to uphold where they they put us at.
1: Angie Bonzini, head coach of the Wyoming East Warriors, the girls' class AA state champs. Thanks so much for joining us, and congratulations, not just on the championship, but an amazing season as well.
9: Thanks a bunch. I always enjoy
1: my time with you guys. All Stay right. Safe. Absolutely. Thank you. Again, that's Angie Bonzini, head coach of Wyoming East. And Let's jump right back into it. We've got a couple of minutes here. You know what? Let's let's hold Brian Sexton until after the break. He's been on hold for 20 minutes, but we'll have to be on hold here for just a little bit longer because I want to give him enough time to actually uh, talk with us a little bit. He's but.
2: almost in Bo Anderson territory. <laughs> he's getting well. No, no, <laughs> not not no. Iron Bo's man, just getting, getting warmed. No, man. he's just
1: getting warmed up. Of course, he already had. He was. We tried to take him earlier when we were sliding phone line issues. Then, but again, we got. Uh, we're up against a hard break here coming up in just a couple of moments. I, I don't want to shortchange him, but. Uh, Coach, you, you, you hear what Coach Bonzini says about her ball club, and I'll, I'll pose the same question to you. you have a, when you have a team that is that dynamic offensively and no one scores big numbers, they all score well, you're very difficult to defend.
4: Yeah, and I think that's been a tradition there at East, and it, she, hit, she hit it right on the head. It goes back to your point guard, your best players. When your best players will defer to make everybody better, you can really have elite teams, and I, and I think back of teams that I've coached and been a part of, there's balance. You might have a player that could pump in 30 points a game had they chose that route. They will get 18, and they'll raise everybody else's level, and uh, you know, I just think of the great players that come through and build the, uh, you know, yeah. uh, they raise everybody up. Exactly, and I'm just watching
2: Wyoming East over the years, as we all have, uh, you watch their, their style of play. Yeah, they've always had those good standout players, but if you watch the style they play, especially on the offensive side, you don't see a bunch of girls standing around looking watching the star everybody's involved in the offense, they're doing their job, and that includes the stars. Everybody is, it's it's truly a great piece of team basketball and Coach Bonsini does a great job getting it together.
1: We got just a a little bit here before the break but before we do go to the break, I want to go back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center, Jordan Mounts courtside for this 4A (laughs) uh, semifinal between George Washington and Martinsburg and Jordan becoming a real tight game.
3: Hey, Brian, uh, really quickly here before, uh, before you all do go to the break. Uh, 5.54 left in the third quarter. Uh, George Washington has gone on a 7-0 to run to open up the uh, second half of play here. They currently lead this game 35-34 to over the Martinsville Bulldogs. It's getting interesting here in Charleston, as it
1: always does. Absolutely. Thanks so much, George. So Martinsburg had a lead there at halftime and yep. seemed to kind of maybe not be settled in, but coming out of half... George Washington, Rick Green, makes some good adjustments. That's nothing new. I know. That's and, uh, they're ready to, ready to
2: and roll. A, and and the, the big play just a moment ago, Alex Shokum hit a three that gave GW the lead for first time in a long time.
1: Coach, it's the, those first five minutes, maybe first three minutes out of the locker room are
4: maybe the most important minutes of the game. They are. You, you stress that the kids the first, we call, four minutes, but the first half of that third quarter really sets the tone for the home
3: stretch.
1: And that's where George Washington has been uh, making some ground up. So a great one brewing at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. We'll keep an eye on that one all throughout the evening. When we come back in our second hour, we will talk with Brian Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy, who's been so nice to hang in there with us tonight. And we'll also talk with Dave Tallman, head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans. They're into the Class 4A championship game. They're awaiting the winner of the game that's currently in progress. We've got all of that and so much more when we come back for Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I can't stress how nice it is, how normal it seems to be here on a semifinal Friday. It's not as cold as usual, and that's okay. It was light when I drove in. That was weird. But other than that, this feels close to normal for now. I'm so glad that is the case. More Basketball
6: Friday Night in West Virginia, Hour 2, after the break. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: Her scores online all throughout the season. Visit us at basketballnight.com. And a big thank you to all the uh, folks, including Marcus Constantino, helping out with the scores this year. They've done a great job. Also, we want to thank all of our affiliates around the Mountain State, and here's a few of them. There's so many. We mention them each break, including 92.3 FM WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM WQWV and Fisher, 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood, Ripley, 106.7 FM WHFI at 93.9 FM WRRR St. Marys, and 104.5 FM L P Huntington, and of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? Well, Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and its big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or the court. this sounds like you... The Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey today. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us. Many places to listen and watch. We mentioned some of the affiliates. You can go to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Find all of our affiliates around the Mountain State. You can also go to BasketballNight.com, and you can watch there. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. Thanks for joining us. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call eight five five seventy eight 78 hoops That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores, all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by.
4: Here
1: he is, the notorious
4: Ron Epperly. <laughs> but
1: we all know him by another
6: name. Hell no, they remixed him. Big Daddy, Daddy, Daddy.
1: I'm speechless, y'all. I got
6: nothing. I've got nothing. Call
2: <laughs> <With> some, some <laughs> Photoshop <laughs> and editing skills? Are right, excellent work dead right there. Daddy. Big daddy. Right now, uh, out in Dad. Los Angeles, Dad. Big Daddy Dad. Kane is getting his lawyers up to saying, I'm going to sue for trademark
1: infringement. Dad. Oh, oh well. Epleen, Dad. Dad. right up there. Go for it. Oh, daddy. We're oh, back with <laughs> you. I, I forgot. <laughs> with, uh, who are you guys? Now man? it's time Ryan, hey, up for the, the
10: host of most to take over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Blind Big Daddy <laughs> Eppelin. Make some noise. <laughs>
9: Go Big Daddy.
10: <laughs> well done, guys. Well done. You have,
1: you have hey. thoroughly embarrassed me. I'm glad I'm wearing a mask, so I'm only red from about the bottom of my eyes up to the top of my head. But thanks so much. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
2: Hey. Let's go back to the phone line. Let's just keep <laughs> right on trucking. Here. Well, here. I, I, I did want to throw it. speaking of taking over, right now a 17-2 third quarter. GW up 9 on Martinsburg 45-36 wow. to 36. Uh, GW is up to 55% shooting. They were down like in the low 40s at halftime and uh, Martinsburg has definitely cooled off from 65% down to 50% now from the floor. We're going to go to Brian Sexton
1: in just a moment but right now let's go to Dave Tallman, head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans. I want to get him in and out of here pretty quickly because he's taking in this game. His team will yep. play the winner. Coach Tallman, first off, thanks for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and taking some time out during the uh, other 4A semifinal, which is very interesting right now.
11: Yeah, no doubt. I'm here, actually. So can you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. We can.
1: Uh, th- and again, thanks okay. so much for calling right, in right. and, uh, and for hanging on there with us, too. Yeah. Your basketball club into the championship game, a dominating performance today against Huntington. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you guys were able to, to jump on them in the first quarter and the third quarter, beginning of the game and coming out of half the difference in that ball game today?
11: Well, you know, we came out uh, playing pretty good basketball. We pushed the ball and, and shared it very well. And then uh, we got in some major foul trouble in the second quarter. So I thought our uh, reserves, uh, Sharon Young, the freshman, and Cam Rice and uh, Jalen Boyce did a great job. There was about four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And uh, we went we jumped into a zone to kind of survive. And uh, those, guys, those guys did a good job. We actually extended the lead a little bit.
2: Coach, you talk about that, run, running that zone, and you, you certainly made uh, Huntington have to shoot it from the outside, and they didn't do very well. Uh, they were ice cold in the game. You only allowed them to shoot 26.3%, and uh, some of their big scorers uh, just didn't have a good game. One guy that really uh, is a big part of their team is Amari Smith, great athlete. You held him to scoreless game tonight.
11: Yeah, I mean, you know, we watched we watched the game last night, and you know, he was a man child. So we really keyed on him on you know on his touches. We we had the uh, you know our defender on there, Luke Bechtel did a great job on him, but he had a lot of help. Um, you know, he, we gave him a lot of attention. So I thought we played really good team defense to, to do that tonight.
4: Hey, Coach uh, Coach Maroon here, congratulations. Uh, If you could talk a little bit about, uh, well, your depth is one thing that impresses me, but the way that you can kind of use personnel that really gives you a different look out on the floor, uh, you've got uh, some size you can put in there, you can be more perimeter oriented, but uh, if you could talk a little bit about the flexibility you've got and the depth. You've got eight guys that got double figure in minutes or better, so that's a nice thing to have.
11: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we've, we've – today, uh, Huntington went with their big lineup, and we can match that with, you know, Cam Rice and, and Poffenberger and Bechtel. And then, you know, uh, we've played other teams with the, that were guard-heavy, and uh, we're able to go with, you know, Sharon Young, Xavier Pryor, and Brooks Gage. So we can go we can go big or we can go small. Um, we've won a lot of waves this year in different types of – different types of games. We've seen different types of defenses. So, yeah, I would say our flexibility is one of our strengths.
1: And, and coach, I know you're you're taking in that other semi pile game, so I don't want to hold you too long. Uh, but I just want to take a, a quick second to brag on you and your ball club uh, for the way they handled things yesterday, going into that game against Woodrow Wilson, knowing what had happened, and just uh, just the way you guys uh, handled that. I thought that was first class. Well, thank you. It
11: was a tough game. It, you know, I told everybody it didn't really feel like a basketball game. Those guys, uh, their staff and our staff are pretty tight knit group, and uh, we feel really, you know, horrible for them, and they're in our thoughts and prayers for sure. And um, that was definitely the toughest game I've ever had to coach.
1: That was a game in which Morgantown defeated Woodrow Wilson, 69-56, but it was a game four days after Dwayne Richardson was shot and killed.
4: Hey, Coach, uh, one other question. I know uh, through all the things that we've had to do to navigate to get to this point, uh, you know, you were one of the ones, uh, and I definitely appreciate all the efforts that you had, and uh, you were speaking for a lot of us coaches. Uh, when everything was starting and stopping and trying to get going, I think your passion for the game and your team uh, really pushed things forward, so I appreciate that. But uh, uh, you know, now that you're here and you can help, you know, you don't have to look back now. But uh, it, it's been a, a different journey to get here, but uh, it's been one of a kind for sure. Oh man,
11: it's, been, it's definitely <laughs> been something. We were, we were, we, we were joking. Yeah, you know, we started with the return to play protocols in June, and I think <laughs> we had three or four schedules and shredded those and you know restarted them. It's, it's been. A lot. I know one thing. We got one day left. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing crazy happens, and we can get through the next uh, you know 24 hours or so, and you know hopefully we come out on the good side.
1: Four a number one Morgantown awaiting the winner of the Martinsburg-George Washington game that's going on right now, that will be in the 4A championship tomorrow night at 8 o'clock at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Dave Tallman, head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans, thanks so much for joining us tonight. No problem guys. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Alright, sounds good. And uh, certainly appreciate him taking time out. I don't I just I felt like you know he called us and it was great. I just didn't want to bother him
2: too much because I know he's watching that other game. Listen, he's multitasking. I mean, it didn't seem like it bothered him at all that, yeah, he's scouting uh, GW in Martinsburg, but, hey, he was just having a great conversation with us.
1: Well, we'll dip into Jordan Mounts in just a moment to get another update on that one. But first, let's go right back to the front lines. Brian Sexton, so nice to
2: to stay with us. Iron
1: Man of the night, (laughs) Calvary Baptist Academy, public address voice and broadcaster. First off, Brian, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight.
12: Well, Ryan, Bill, and, and Coach, I have learned some things while I've been playing. Oh, no. So <laughs> I, I, have, I have learned some things. Uh. So the first thing I've learned is that, that Coach Ronnie Olson of Shady Springs sounds a lot like my old friend Ryan Arrowwood, who's now the head coach at the <laughs> University of Rio Grande. I, I heard, a, I heard a, a, a familiar sounding refrain there that I had heard a time or two before when when Coach Arrowwood and I were together at Taze Valley Christian and then the second thing that I learned is that Ryan Epplin has a direct connection to Robert C. Byrd. Both have been called big, <laughs> big Daddy. daddy. Uh, uh,
1: that you know, ironically, and that the, yeah, that's and, that's what got me in trouble.
12: Yeah, and, and the third thing is that, that that Wade Miley had a perfect game going for the Reds through five innings tonight. I think he he may have lost it while I was on hold. <laughs> Uh, that that that's what. Well, I, w- I was trying to refresh as, as you said. Let's let's go to Brian Sexton. I was trying to refresh because I know Bill Cornwell's penchant for details, and so I wanted to to have just the right amount of information for my old friend there. So, uh, but but I do know this: the Reds have not scored. They've scored one run in thirty nine innings. So, uh, I know yeah. it's ironic. We're talking high school basketball and major league baseball. And, and you know what's even weirder, guys, is both Marshall and WVU have both had their spring games before the the West Virginia State basketball tournament. So
1: <laughs> That's a good point, Brian. Yeah, just throw that in there too. It's been a it's been a year like no other, thankfully. And uh, but we're we're getting there. Well, what else you want to talk about tonight? I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm,
13: I'm game for whatever. Well, <laughs> I,
1: I, I just want to mention that Wade Miley lost that perfect game effort on an error. Oh, that's a hard way for that to happen. That's just... oh, but he still has the no no. Okay, well, that, that
12: you know, again, and, you. and I know that's not what we called to talk about, but <laughs> wouldn't that be cool if Wade Miley became the second left? Well, the the last left-hander to throw a no-hitter slash perfect game for the Reds was Tom Browning. Well, not forgive me, that was Homer Bailey had two in between there. It's true, so yeah. it would be kind of cool if Wade Miley had uh, had a no no tonight. And uh, and matched uh, the feet of Tom Brownick. So uh, yeah. So I, but but I digress. Let's
1: talk Calvary basketball. <laughs> basketball. Yes. <laughs> we're, uh, hey, this time of year we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. But uh, another fantastic season for Calvary Baptist Academy. Again, a school that doesn't play within the SSAC, but uh, playing in the uh, Christian Association within West Virginia, the WV Cat uh, Tournament it is their goal and what they play for and a very successful season once again.
12: Yeah, guys, uh, you know, again, we were very fortunate. We ended up playing eight I think we ended up playing um I want to say we played like uh, close to 20 games this year. And, and again, I you know, the, you mentioned the SSAC, the rate the normal regular season for the SSAC is 22 games. And so there's a lot of years that, that at Calvary will play, you know, 24, 25, 26 games. You know, we'll, we'll blow past the, the minimum requirement because we're not an SSAC school, but we were able to get in more games than, than most schools in the WV CAD. And so we were very fortunate and, uh, come away with another state championship this year. Um, it was incredible. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, I heard you mention, uh, you know, I heard Coach Tallman mention about the multiple schedules. I, I was asked to come back in July of last year. You know, they asked me to come back for one more year. And, um, you know, we, we, we worked through the same thing. You know, we thought we were going to start in November. We thought we going to start in January. We're gonna, you know, February. So, you know, everybody persevered and, and um made it happen and, and Calvary had a great season this year and and by the way I, I want to mention you know everybody's talking about that polka Charleston Catholic game today what what a fantastic game that was we played Charleston Catholic this year at their place and uh, it was hard for us to contain mr. mr. Satterfield from Charleston Catholic who who hit the bucket to, to put them ahead today and then uh, mr. McNeely from polka hit, hit a three and 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 sent that sent the dots away winners but man Aiden Satterfield's a real deal Uh, I I got to watch him up close and personal and he dropped 24 on us at at their place and, and was just doing everything that night so uh hate it for Charleston Catholic that they didn't advance I really thought they they were legitimate title contenders uh from what I saw but uh but yeah we we Ryan I'll tell you this real quick we got to play Charleston Catholic this year at the time, we played Greater Beckley. They were the number one team in class single A. We played them down there. We played Ripley this year. We played Port Pleasant this year. Uh, we played Buffalo this year. So, again, we, we played several SSAC schools on our
1: schedule and, and held our own this year. Absolutely. I, I was going to say, for anyone who doesn't necessarily know the caliber of play uh, within uh, the WV CAT, uh, Charleston Catholic, who as you said, that, that was definitely a title caliber team this year. Um, you know Covenant loses that game by nine points. So that, that's very competitive against that caliber of team. So uh, that, that definitely should kind of put it into perspective. Brian Saxton, we could talk all day about everything, basically at this point, but we've got to keep right on track. and Good to talk to you, though. So glad to be able to talk some hoops with you on this program.
12: Well, yeah, maybe I'll call back in in an hour with another Wade Miley update. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll check in with you for the Wade Miley updates. We'll check in with Jordan Mouse for the
1: basketball updates. We, we've, got every, we've got all bases covered here on Basketball. Hey, guys,
12: it's good to hear your voices, and, and again, thanks for having me on tonight. Really appreciate it, and uh, let's do this again next fall, but but let it be under normal circumstances. Amen.
1: Amen. That sounds good. Well, amen, Brian. Brian Sexton, public address voice and broadcaster of Calvary Baptist Academy. Let's We're going to keep it here. We're going to kind of run over this first uh, 15 minutes for a little bit. But let's go right back to the phones because Alan Osborne, head coach of the Polka Dots, is with us now as Polka. What a ball game earlier that you heard, uh, you know, uh, Brian just mention it. The game of the tournament, maybe. I mean, the Willie Central winning on a buzzer beater could kind of argue. But Coach Osborne, the last 23 seconds of that ball game today, what did you see on the sidelines? Tell me tell me about it from your
13: perspective. I saw Isaac McNeely hit a three. <laughs> saw, I saw Isaac McNeely hit another three. <laughs> you saw it just like we all did, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was a great game and you know, Isaac McNeely really made some big plays, but I tell you there's a lot of things that uh in that game that were really important. I uh, I'll give you an example, you know, uh We had a turnover, and and, uh, Suttis was driving for a layup, and Campbell Meeks ran and fouled him and prevented the layup. He missed two free throws. That was a big play. And then uh, we missed a shot, and Jordy Wolfe run down a rebound. Uh, We were down six, and we got the ball back, and then Isaac Neely drove the baseline, and... And uh, Cameron Beast hit one in the corner to cut it to three or two. And, you know, plays like that, or that, you know, you, you just don't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, they don't get the credit they deserve. You know, you see the big shots by Isaac and even by Satterfield. But those little things like that are uh, really important. And, you know, we couldn't have won the game without those plays. But uh, it was an exciting game. And, you know it's a great game to win and tough game to lose. You know Catholic. I uh, have a lot of respect for their, their program, Coach Moles and their players. They got a, a very classy program, and it was uh, it was a tough battle when we knew it was going to be. And they defended us well, but we're we're excited to move on. So we got to get over that one and get to the next one.
1: Yeah, right, right back at it tomorrow. But after the 42-40 win today over Charleston Catholic, and one one more thing I want to mention about that game specifically is. The way those twenty-three seconds played out, without a timeout until the McNeely three, it was just three consecutive possessions back and forth. And in a game in which, you know, so many times we see timeouts kind of break up such moments late in ball games, those two teams got to play through a little bit today. Uh, Was that something that you decided you were? I don't. I don't know if you were out of timeouts or not. So I apologize for not knowing that in advance. But. Uh, no timeout between the Satterfield bucket and McNeely going right back down the floor and and making the three to put you guys right back up on top. Uh, obviously, that's something you you kind of have. Is that something you practice, or is that something that Isaac McNeely give the ball to him and let him figure it out on the fly?
14: There
13: yeah, you go. No, I tell you what, we we practiced, but we uh, when we scored and went up thirty nine thirty eight, we tried to get a timeout, but we didn't get it. They got the ball in before we called it. And that's when Satterfield went down and made the layup. But we have a rule. We practice this. If you if we if the other team scores and go ahead with four seconds or more, we get it out and go. And we first guy grabs it and gets to Isaac McNeely, which happened today. And he drove down there and uh hit that three. But no, we didn't want to call timeout because there's several things could happen. You may not get it in. Uh, Isaac was out in the open court, you know, basically one on one, and and yeah, we could we couldn't get a better situation with him handling the ball, going down the court, going downhill, and uh, we never called timeout in that situation. And uh, if it's less than four seconds, we'll call timeout and set a play up. But there was there was ten seconds, nine seconds left when they scored.
2: Coach, uh, you, you've been real lucky to have some some great individual players over the years. We we know so many of them, and and Isaac's just one of them. We made the comment off the air. I bet Tony Bennett's down in Charlottesville smiling if you knew knew what Isaac did today. But uh, you know, just talk about uh, how kids like he and your other good good ones of the past have stepped up and, and made big plays for you over the years. Yeah, tell you, of course.
13: You know, we've had. Uh... In the state tournament, we've had two really big plays in the game. of the game. Of course, Isaac's today. He made some plays, and, and a couple of years ago, we won the state championship. Uh, Luke Frampton made a layup, beat Chapmanville at the buzzer. And, you know, we've had uh, we've been very fortunate. We've had some. You know, we've had uh, I don't know eight or nine Division One players, and 24, 25 kids going to play college basketball. So we've been very blessed with talented kids and kids who really work in the offseason season and who. Uh, we really want to be good. And uh just been, you know, we've Elijah Cuffey at Liberty. We've got, uh, we had a kid a long time ago, Timmy D'Agostino, Oh, yeah. the only yep. player in history of West Virginia to make four, four, all state four years. And uh, like I said, we've just been blessed. I could, I could name him, but uh, I'm afraid to leave somebody out and make somebody <laughs> mad. But, you know, we're just thankful and blessed. So, you know,
9: uh,
13: and it's fun when you got kids who are talented, who wanna work hard, and who wanna do good and they're good people want them off the court and like I said we've been very lucky and very fortunate Thanks for that.
1: It's interesting you mentioned Tim D'Agostino when uh he was an assistant coach for a little while at Wayne back about twenty five, twenty six years ago now and when I was growing up and yeah. I, I would go to basketball practice, he'd be there and he'd just be shooting and I just remember I looked at him one time and said, You don't miss much, do you? And he said, No. No, I don't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach! Uh, congratulations, uh, Coach Marone. Here, uh, just uh, talk about uh, two hey, things, <laughs> two things, real quick. Uh, uh, you know, you you have some reserves that can play some and help you, obviously, when you have somebody foul out or whatnot. But you've you've kind of got a you know an Iron Man five that are having to carry big minutes. Uh, and I guess talk a little bit about trying to navigate your way through the game. And then secondly, the Williamstown team that you're going to see tomorrow uh, going to be a big test for you. As well.
13: Well, yes, we have. You know, I, I'm very. <laughs> I, that's one of my main weaknesses as a coach is substitute. Now, I don't substitute unless we got foul trouble or a kid's tired or or we want to talk to them. I just don't play to play. And if the kids are doing a good job, and I don't want to take right. out. And but uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I I think we'd be better off if we rotated some guys in. But I've never been able to do that as a coach. Too old to change. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, right, but, uh, but no, Williams Sounds has got a great team. They're forty and two over the last two years, and they're they're averaging beating teams by 25, 26 points. And her and is tough, and her others is tough. And hot, the kid in the plays and pose. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. But we're going to really have to really have to play well to have a chance to win that game. But that's the way it's supposed to be. The state championship game. You're not supposed to be go there and roll over people. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. And, and uh, you know, we're, I think they're going to zone us and play some combination defenses. He's a multiple defense guy, so we got to be alert to their defenses. And, you know, and if we get in trouble, we'll just give it
1: to Isaac and get out of the other way. <laughs> it's always nice to just kind of have that in your back pocket. When all goes wrong, just give the ball to Isaac and and just let him do his thing. Coach Alan Osborne of the Polka Dots, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on the win. And best of luck tomorrow against Williamstown. All right, thank you so much. All right, Alan Osborne again. Enjoyed talking to him. He was out of the game for a little while when he kind of took a – I'll call it sabbatical more. I mean, he retired. I think he was set to not come back and then decided to come back and uh, do a great job. He got the itch. Yeah, he came back. Absolutely. We're going to step aside right now, take a break. We're right a little bit behind on this. When we come back, we'll talk with head coach Ryan Lambert of the Pendleton County Wildcats. And I'm looking forward to talking to Clyde Farley, head coach of Tug Valley, a little bit later on as well. This is basketball. I'm talking about girls. This is
6: Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: This is high school basketball's voice in the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia the final show of the season marshall university sports journalism majors offer students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print public relations or broadcasting our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands on real life experiences come through Marshall Student Powered Media. The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, TV, as well as communications campaigns and off campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at slash SOJMC. Big thank you to all the folks who followed us recently on Twitter. Including Lou's Farm, Dwayne Smith, Ryan Wilson, David Mock, Randa, Craig Badger, Jakeman, Mike Roby, Robin Brown, Vicky, Mr. Marcus Rumor, Quentin, Josephine, Phil Mays, Patrick O'Brien, Carmen, Austin Banks, and Taton. They're now part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup.
6: school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 25 on this
1: basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone bill cornwell back with you we will talk with Ryan Lambert, head coach of the Pendleton County Boys in a moment, as well as Clyde Farley, head coach of the class single-A girls basketball champion, Tug Valley Lady Panthers. We'll also talk with Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Boys, as they get ready for the Double A State Championship game tomorrow. But first, let's go to, back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Jordan Mounts with an update on that George Washington and Martinsburg game.
3: Yes, Ryan, at this time, uh, t- time's ticking down. GW is currently at the foul line. They just took a nine-point lead, 59-50, to 50, your score here in uh, the final uh, minute here at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Tale of two halves for the two teams. Martinsburg, 65% from the field in the first half, shooting 25% from the field this half. On the opposite side of things, GW shooting 44% from the field in the first half, now shooting 75% from the field here in the second half.
1: Back to you. All right, thanks so much, Jordan. We'll- Have post game uh, on that. uh, You know, after the the contest, we'll we'll try to get someone with George Washington either Coach Green or one of the players to join us from there after the game if they hold on, which it appears they will.
2: And if they don't, then we'll have a great story to talk about with Martinsburg. Probably going to be a foul shooting contest in this last uh, fifty seconds of the game because you know Martinsburg's got to score quickly and then put GW back on the line.
1: Yeah, you talk about free throws, and a lot of times it's not just make or miss at the free throw line that can. Basically, decide a ball game. It's also boxing out at the free throw line, and not just boxing out because sometimes you can be boxed out and still get a rebound. And uh, you know, there's also that will to get that the will to get a rebound that can matter from the free throw line for an offensive team and I think that pretty much was summed up when Josh Alt got an offensive rebound for Pendleton County, stuck it back in to help his team beat Tug Valley in the Class A semifinals yesterday. Ryan Lambert is the head coach of the Pendleton County Wildcats. He joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, and Coach Lambert, first off, congratulations on reaching the Class Single A Championship. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, we're finally getting to see your team in Charleston after, uh, of course, what happened a year ago with COVID and, and that kind of, uh, you know, not allowing that to take place. But uh, your ball club has played well in its first two games, uh, a went over Greenbrier West in the first round, a game which – you guys trailed at halftime, and then a win over Tug Valley in the semifinals yesterday morning. I think a lot of people know the pedigree of Tug Valley, and they're learning about your team in a hurry. Tell me about uh, that game and uh, getting to championship Saturday.
15: Yeah, Tug, Tug ended up being being a grind. Uh, we did not go into the game uh, wanting it to be in the 30s. We, Our brand and, and our culture is to... Is to defend, but then also to get out and run. But uh, Tug took their time offensively, uh, I think, because we were defending, Uh, and you know, just just couldn't be couldn't be prouder of my kids, couldn't be more proud of my kids uh, with with the effort. Uh, And you know, a a low scoring affair, but you know, we we certainly will take it, thirty eight to thirty five. You hold. You mentioned the pedigree there uh, you hold Tug Valley to 35 points over four quarters and I believe it was four points uh, in the fourth um, just just a great effort uh, through and through defensively
2: Yeah you talk about defense coach uh, you held uh, Tug Valley usually a high scoring and a good shooting team 31% and uh, you know uh, we talked about Josh all getting that big rebound, but he did the uh, job all game. Eleven rebounds, and what's interesting, you know, it's not it's not weighted offensive defense. He had five offensive rebounds, six defensive rebounds. He's getting it done on the boards on both ends of the court.
15: Yeah, we we asked we asked all of our guys. We we saw that in film uh, that, that, that there was an opportunity there uh on the offensive glass uh to, to go to go get after it and you know paid dividends for us. Um deciding factor you guys you know alluded to it earlier, uh Josh Alt was able to make an effort play uh that ultimately, you know, uh, decided the game. Yeah, that, that led to led to us um taking that one because we let Tug back in. Uh we we pride ourselves on Good versus great shots. Shot selection uh, oftentimes uh, turns into the other team's uh, offense, um, and we we did not close uh, when it when it came down to that. Um, we took a couple poor poor looks late that, that led to uh, that led to some tug offense, but we were able to back up uh, and ultimately Josh Alt uh, in, in an effort play was was the deciding factor.
4: Hey, Coach. Uh, coach Maroon here. Congratulations on making the finals. Uh, uh, now you've got to turn the page. Obviously, you mentioned a grind at Tug Valley game. Definitely a grind on your ball club. You get it done, but then what awaits you tomorrow? I don't know if any of us have seen uh, the likes of what man can do when they get rolling. Uh, just some general impressions. I know we're not going to get the game plan here tonight, but some general impression of things that you need to do tomorrow uh, to be able to go in there and get it done against the Hillbillies.
15: Yeah, well, obviously, well-coached team. Uh, they have athletes all over the place. They have length all over the place. Um, we we have our work cut out for us, uh, and you know, and, and we've we've hit we've hit film uh, for a day and a half now. Uh, we, we've talked all the all the little little things that we need to do to to execute a game plan uh, because ultimately they they shoot the ball extremely well. Uh, they get up and down. Uh, they want to score in the seventies and eighties. Um, and Mark, we're definitely not opposed to that, but we, we ultimately want to, I think a key to our success is we have to dictate pace and, 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 play, play on our terms. Um, and that's easier said than done, obviously, because we, we've all seen man. We know what they're capable of. Uh, but you know, I, I will say this, my kids are up for the task they're excited for the opportunity and you know greatness is a choice uh and we've, we've done it for two years uh we've got one one last one last go around here and we are we're not going to make any predictions by any means but we're going to give it our our best effort
1: and go from there one more question for you and, and this is this is more of an observation than a question but your ball club has shot seven three-pointers in two games in Charleston. Man has shot 47 in two games. Much different, um, I guess, way to score the ball, way to win, but both equally effective.
15: I would agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not going to argue the results on man's side by any means. That um, they 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 want to pull. Uh, and, and if I was the coach on that sideline, I would do I would do the same thing because uh, obviously it's working. It's not that we haven't shot the three ball. Um, I talked to. to uh, in the media room yesterday, talked about Tanner Townsend uh, and, and his ability to shoot the three ball. Um, but we came we came down with a mentality, uh, of, you know, the Civic Center. My kids have not played there. Um, they, they some of them never even stepped in the building. And it was my decision as the head coach to simply uh, not not. It wasn't a mandate, but it was it was an ask. And it was a buy-in uh, of, hey, guys, we. We we want to the good ones are going to be there for us, um, and sometimes they're going to give them to you uh, for a reason. We don't want to take the good ones. We want to take the great ones. And if we play inside out and we get a swing and we can knock down a three, and so be it. Um, but we don't want to come dribble down the floor, get a quick pull, um, and then allow that bad shot or even a good shot to turn into Mann's or Greenbrier West or Tug Valley's uh, offense going the other way. I've been a spectator uh, many, many times, and a player once, and and have witnessed countless teams shoot their way out in the first quarter, where it's a a 12-1, 10-1 game deficit, and Against a good team, and you know, I'm quoted to saying that all these teams are good, one through eight seeds. You get down 12-1, you might be, it might be over. You might, you might have just, just your own death sentence right there. So that's been our mentality. The kids have bought into it, and, uh, I, I don't expect anything different tomorrow. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, uh, which side, uh, which side overcomes.
1: Eleven and a half hours from now, they'll throw it in at the Charleston Coliseum Convention Center. Pendleton County and man in the Class Single-A State Championship game, Ryan Lambert, head coach of the Pendleton County Wildcats. Thanks so much for joining us, and congratulations on getting it this far. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. and uh, I, I, He's right. He's exactly right. You take a team in there that hasn't played there before, it can... That gym can eat a jump shot, let's mm-hmm. put it that way, because uh, you don't necessarily play in
2: that setting often. And no. he's exactly right. You can shoot yourself out I, of a ball game hey, real fast. It's, it's like any change in, of scenery. You know, the, the backgrounds are different. Sometimes kids get intimidated just by the, the size of the building. And uh, he's right. You know, you, you know, need to focus. Keep it, you know, the, the court dimensions are still the same. It's, 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 I, I'm sounding like Hoosiers. I know, again. yeah. <laughs> it, it, yep. it's, it, the, the basket's still 10 feet. Put Ollie on your shoulders and <laughs> That's it. at Hinklefield House. So, and, you know, yeah, you just keep it between the lines. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Clyde Barley, head coach of the Tug Valley Lady Panthers. Scott Sorrow. Looking forward to talking to Coach Sorrow. It's been a it's been a while since we've had him on the program. Only three episodes, but still it's been a while. It's been over a year. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, halfway
6: home here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network
7: this is basketball's voice in the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia thanks for joining us for the final show of this season. And, of course, we're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the basketball Friday night in West Virginia scoreboard. Go to our website. All it takes is one click to watch. You can uh, listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And, of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 1600 AM and 98.1 WKKX Wheeling 1370 AM 97.7 FM WVOY Moundsville 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne 92.3 FM WYRC Spencer 103.7 FM WQWV and Fisher 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley 106.7 FM WHFI Linside 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's 104.5 FM W.A.S.P.L.P. Huntington. 1290 AM. 101.9 FM. W.V.L.W. Logan. 101.7 FM. W.Y.A.P.L.P. Clay. 98.5 FM. 101.5 FM. W.Q.A.Z. Edmund, Deckley 90.7 FM. W.F.G.H. Fort Gay. 950 AM. W.B.S. Charleston. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station. Then we take over... On Friday nights during basketball season, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
6: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Ten thirty eight
1: on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A lot of ground still to cover. Let's get right back to the phone lines Tuck Valley Lady Panthers celebrating their first state championship They won the class single A title over Cameron Last Saturday at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center Clyde Farley is the head coach of the Lady Panthers He joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia Coach Farley, first off, congrats on the championship
16: Thank you very much It was, uh, it was an exciting weekend of basketball and, and certainly we've enjoyed this week as well
1: Your your ball club took care of business. I mean, I know that they were the number one seed. I know that a lot of people thought very highly of your ball club going into the state tournament. I'm not sure anybody thought that your closest game would be 18 points in route to a state title. What did you guys do so well in Charleston?
16: I would play defense more than anything. Now, I know uh, Kaylee Basin kind of put on a show with her three-point shooting that first night, but really, our defense uh, is what carried us through and our defense was the difference even at moments when we struggled offensively uh, we, we've been holding people to 10 points at halftime in probably 5 or 6 of our last 7 games and uh, and for us as a group the scary part was I felt like each game our defense got a little bit better
1: Real good performances throughout a 63-45 victory over Cameron in the championship game Coach I have to ask when May 1st, 2022 comes around, what will be your favorite memory of May 1st in your lifetime?
16: Uh, that's a really <laughs> tricky question. Uh, I'm going to say marrying my wife many years ago. Because uh, I'm not that dumb. I'm dumb you know, I talk real, real twangy and slow, but I'm not as dumb as I look.
1: No, I, no. We we know uh For those who who don't know, May first is Coach Farley's anniversary, as well as his birthday and the day he became a state championship head coach. So May first, I mean May Day for uh, Coach Farley, definitely the. <laughs> The top of the line there. And, and, uh, Coach, we we talked so much last week about your road to getting to the championship game and, and what you've been through in the past in the new classification uh, system, the way it worked and, and the way it, it got two Class A schools with good followings from strong communities uh, together to play in the state championship game and uh, I, you know, we covered all that a week ago so I guess the only thing left for me to say is thanks for sticking with us tonight and congratulations, I know that you guys have put a lot of effort into that down in Naugatuck and uh, you guys certainly earned it and deserve all the uh, all the celebrations that you've had in the past week
16: Well, thank you all very much I appreciate it, appreciate the coverage I was going to call in earlier but I was on my way home from Huntington and about the time I hit uh, Coach Marone stomping grounds down there. I didn't have any signal, so I can get back. <laughs> back to this end of, of, of Kermit. So uh, it, it, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to y'all.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much. And anybody who drives 52 between Huntington and Williamson can uh, tell you that uh, yes. once you get, well, you get a little cell service in Fort Gay for about a mile and a half of road, yep. then it's, that's it. You don't get it until you get down into into Williamson, basically. You don't get it in Kermit, you don't get it in Crum. You don't get it in Steptown, Glenn Hayes.
2: Nope, none of that. <laughs> but uh, uh, always a good time to, to talk with
1: Coach The only
3: Starling. way that
2: would have been an even better day if Coach, May, uh, coach uh, had put a couple of Bob down on the Medina Spirit <laughs> Kentucky Derby, <laughs> he, he could have won a few dollars there. You know, that, that would have just tapped off the
1: day. I mean, that, that would have been. So let's go right back to the phone lines real fast. Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jacket boys basketball team, into the class AA state championship game. <laughs> And an opportunity to uh, kind of finish what they started a year ago that they weren't able to play through because of COVID. Coach uh, Sorrow joining us back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I want to mention here real fast as we go uh, to Coach Sorrow. A year ago, we were here the day that the girls' state tournament was stopped after the day session, the early session, and uh, because of COVID concerns, it was what was happening nationwide and. We were hoping it was a delay, but Coach Sorrow, I think, kind of saw through our charade and knew that what we also knew but weren't really saying at the time was that it's going to be a while. Coach, you're into the Charleston, you're into the state championship game. That Tell me about the past year. What, what's it been like for you guys going through everything that everybody else has gone through, but your basketball team being so successful coming out the other side?
17: Yeah, guys, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, It's a pleasure to be here, but um, yeah, you know, the last year was kind of a, a whirlwind, right? Especially the end of last year, and um, you know, for it to end the way that it did, you know, last year for it to be to be canceled, and you know, that was that was pretty disappointing. It really, especially for our seniors, um, you know, they, those kids from last year that graduated last year had put in a ton of work to try to, you know, get better and get this program where we where we wanted it to be and um you know they didn't get that opportunity and, and like I said last year, I mean, you know, just because we, we had a one seed last year doesn't mean that we were gonna win it. But we just we wanted the opportunity and just like seven other teams wanted the opportunity. So um you know it was disappointing but you know I think these kids um that we have this year, the ones that we had coming back, um we knew we had a good team coming back and we were a little unsure about how some of the the, the New varsity players would would, would uh, fit in or or react or how we plug them in, um, but you know over the course of a season, even though it was a, a little bit of an abbreviated season, I think those kids did a great job of of um, you know acclimating themselves to our, to our team and and becoming vital key players to our team. So um, it's been great, you know, as far as as far as the kids go. I mean, they're just awesome to work with, and you know we're. we're we're you know, happy to be playing for a state championship tomorrow.
1: Your basketball club defeated Chapmanville today, 55-41. That was a Chapmanville team that was playing good basketball down the stretch of the season and earned its way into the semifinal Friday, and uh, you guys got the win. A uh, big game from Sam Crameens, 27 points on the night, and that came you know a couple of nights after he had a, a rough shooting performance in that opening round win over Moorfield, but uh, certainly he was feeling it a little bit more today.
17: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think Sam would be the first one to tell you that, you know, he missed some easy shots um in the quarterfinal game and you know, he it's it, it the game, playing in this tournament's important to him, you know, and I think that sometimes, you know, when um when you when you put a lot of pressure on yourself sometimes, you know, maybe the jitters a little bit um got to him but but you know he, he it's not that he, he didn't play bad in the first game he just missed some missed some shots um but today he was really great especially in that third quarter um i think he had like 13 points in the third quarter and um you know it's kind of the the Sam that that we know and the, the people in williamstown have kind of come to know over the past couple of years so he did it he did a great job um you know and and uh you know, he battled and, and hit some hit some big shots for us, and and also rebounded the basketball and played good defense. So uh, it wasn't just wasn't just the scoring that was that was good from him today, but you know we know that that's something that kind of stands out for everybody.
4: Hey, Coach. uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations. Uh, As you mentioned, the thing that impresses me about Sam, too, is uh, he's a great finisher. I mean, when he gets in positions to score the ball, uh, he's very efficient. And then at the free throw line, 9 for 11. But that third quarter you mentioned, that's really where the game swung. It was four points at the half. Uh, I'd like to say you went in that locker room and gave him a fiery, uh, inspirational talk. But uh, if you could just share with us about how important it is to get off to a good start in the second half of any game, particularly in a semifinal game.
17: Yeah, it's it, it's it's huge, right? So I mean, like the first few minutes of the of the uh, third quarter are, are, are really important, and we knew that that Chapmanville had been a pretty good second half team all year long, um, and and we wanted to come out and, and really kind of establish ourselves early. Um, you know, really didn't yell or scream or get mad at the guys. I mean, actually, the message to the the, the message to the guys was basically, "Hey, look, you know, we have a four point lead." At halftime in a state semifinal game, and it, and we haven't even played well offensively. You know, we, I did think that we played well defensively. We were, we were doing a great job. You know, we held them to 16 points. We just kind of forgot how to score there for a while. So, <laughs> um, you know, the kids came out and kids came out and hit some, hit some buckets. And and um, you know, I, I, I do want to say I, I I think that you know Sam Sam Kermin's, um you know, had had a great game, and, and we got some other. You know, Baylor Hot played great. He had a double-double today again. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Garrett Hill and Gavin Bosgraff. Um You know, Garrett Hill was our point guard, and he really dominated the game, in my opinion. And, and the reason why is because you guys know how good Chapman Bill's pressure is um, you guys especially being down there I and mean, their, their pressure is outstanding you know coach Napier does a great job getting those kids to to really guard you in the full court and we had like nine turnovers and and Garrett was zero for zero from the floor and didn't and really didn't turn the ball over made sure that we we weren't panicked against that pressure and I thought he did an outstanding job and, and Gavin Bozgraf also is responsible for that you know keeping you know keeping turnovers low and against all that pressure and, and I think it's a big reason that we won
1: Garrett Hill has played 52 minutes in the state tournament he's one of one from the floor that's fascinating <laughs> as, yeah. as a team first kid that you can tell without even having to look at him right there just those numbers alone tell oh, yeah. tell me all I need to know
17: he's great He's great. I mean, like, there was a point in the game today. He goes, "Hey, coach, why don't we just do this?" And I went, "Yeah, they, you know what? That sounds great. Let's do that." <laughs> we, like all the all the assistants looked at each other. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's, that's you're, you're smarter than I am. So let's do that." So I mean, he, he really, and I've said this before, but he really is kind of like an extension of our coaching staff on the floor. And um, you know, he you know, we wouldn't be nearly as good as we are without him.
1: That's Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williams Yellow Jackets they play polka in the class AA Boys State Championship game tomorrow at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum and that should be a spectacular ball game, they'll throw that one in at 12.30, I'm still, I'm trying not to say tip off coach, I'm working on it but uh, 12.30 tomorrow with the, uh, with the opening throw in, so it should be a lot of fun, coach congratulations on getting back to the state tournament, always a, a good time to talk with you
17: Hey, thanks Thanks for having
1: me, guys. All right, Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets, top seed in Class AA, playing for a title tomorrow. we got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington High girls basketball team, the four A-State champs,
6: and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: This is high school basketball's voice in West Virginia. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Go to basketballnight.com. You can find many ways you can interact with this show. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will help you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind players stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories that come proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Fitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash sojmc. Big thank you again to all of our affiliates out there for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the years, including 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVLW in Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund Beckley, and 950 AM, WBS Charleston, and, of course, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington.
6: Stay up to date on your favorite teams Check out BasketballNight.com Now, back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan
1: Epling 10.53 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We've got a long way to go, short time to get there, smoking the bandit style here on Basketball Friday night. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell with you. Happy to have you along with us. Let's go right back to the phones. Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington High girls basketball team. The Highlanders winning the 4A state championship uh, almost a week ago now against Cabell Midland. Coach Lucas, first off, congrats on the championship. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, your ball club was a lot of fun in Charleston. You had a you had a tough time in the opening round game against Martinsburg, and once you were able to get over the hump, there played very well the remainder of the tournament. I think that goes to show just how small the margin for error can be, even with a state championship caliber team. Yeah, it's
18: uh, it's pretty close, and Martinsburg had Martinsburg had a good game plan coming in to play us, and. The first round, and uh, I thought they were physical and uh, played pretty tough. Uh, we just finally got the momentum right at the end of the game and, and pulled it out. Very fortunate to pull that one out.
2: Coaches Bill Cornwell, uh, watching your team all year, you know, and I've watched so many of your teams over the years. You've had so many good individual players, but, you know, you've got several good individual players now. A lot of girls coming back next year, but man, they had bought in, and they played a good team concept of basketball throughout the year. Talk a little bit about that.
18: Well, that's uh, basically the way, the way we all coach later at not. is that it's a team. It's a team. It takes a team to win, uh, win the ball games uh, all year long. It definitely takes a great team, and you can't fall apart when it comes to the championship game in the state. Uh, they stuck together, and never at any time did they ever uh, – not believe in themselves and believe in a team. A uh, kid uh, didn't matter who who did the scoring, which we preached all year. It doesn't matter who scores as long as the green and gold scoring.
4: Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Congratulations again. Uh, Just uh, curious about your perspective. Uh, You've uh, coached a, a long time, much like myself. You've won state championships before, but I don't know that you've ever had to go through what we all went through this year with the COVID situation, not knowing from week to week schedules. Got altered and changed and i think this championship means even more uh, to a lot of us because you were able to navigate through everything and your kids persevered and really came out on top in a, a great way so if you could talk a little bit about that i know you're like me you got a little tread off the tire but uh you know i don't know if you ever had to deal with something like this
18: no never and uh you know about time you get the things going then all of a sudden you know, somebody gets quarantined, and, uh, right. and that uh, affected us all, all season. But we were fortunate enough to have enough enough depth uh, to go ahead and play. And somewhere during the last uh, three or four weeks of school, the kids asked me, "Do we have to come to school to uh, practice and to play?" And I said, "Look at me. Uh, look <laughs> at my age. What do you think? <laughs> said, you know, this is about this." about being a student-athlete, not an athlete. So right. we're going to school. You do what you're supposed to do. Uh, and we had a little plan of isolating them in the classroom. Uh, I said, just after for the starters, I said, look, go to your teacher and tell them to put you in a corner. i uh, been a teacher myself for uh, <laughs> a long time, but never never does a kid ask to put in a corner. So go ask me And, and uh, they did that. Teachers' teachers were great. But great for doing that, and then in the last uh, several weeks there, it was uh, most of my subs were, were freshmen, and uh, it's pretty hard to pretty hard to find a corner in a freshman class I in high school. The freshman class was pretty large, but it, but it worked out.
1: Coach Lonnie Lucas of the Huntington Highlanders were up against the break. We thank you so much for hanging in there and joining us tonight, and congratulations on winning the first four A state championship in West Virginia high school girls basketball history. Because right, that's, that's Lonnie Lucas of Huntington High School. We have to step aside and take a break. One hour to go here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll have our Standout Athlete of the Week feature. It's a little bit more than normal this week. We'll also go back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center as George Washington defeats Martinsburg in the semifinals. We'll set Championship Saturday up for you. We'll also have a special guest, too, when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
6: returns basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network
7: this is high school basketball's voice in the mountain state basketball friday night in west virginia There's many places that you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, uh, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. We've been mentioning them throughout the show, and we want to thank each and every one of them for being part of our affiliate family. Of course, you can go to uh, BasketballNight.com, BasketballNight.com, and you can find our video there, also audio scores, all kinds of information on how you can connect with the show. Of course, we're on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. We want to mention all the folks that joined us past couple of shows on Twitter. Uh, Dana Michelle, the Oakland Lady Bears basketball, Cameron Lady Dragons, Anna Kay, Grant Cavalier, Amory Felder, Melissa, Larry Mania, Dana Schrock, Gumble32, Amelia Rowe, Jacqueline Canada, Sevron Fry. Also joining us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, Ronald Sparks, Robert Ileton, Stephen Marshall, Ken Rogers, Dylan Hall Baller, Dayton, Mike Schomer, Austin Banks, Carmen, Patricia O'Brien, Phil Mays, Josephine, Quentin, Logan Stillwell. Also, Mr. Marcus Romer, Vicki, Robin Brown, Mike Roby, Jake Mann, too, and Craig Badger. They all joined us on Basketball Friday Night on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup.
0: Welcome back. The Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. Then visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standards for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of basketball Friday night in West Virginia begins right now. Do
11: what they say
8: can be done.
1: They are so good upstairs with the music selection. Right up alongside Bill Cornwell and Oh. Rick Marone, there is no Sally Field running around with us today, but that's all right. And there's no Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane uh, in his colorful uh, language. Uh, no, it wasn't Roscoe P. Coltrane.
2: I Buford T. Justice. There there
1: you go. Go. I'm getting, I'm getting there my go.
2: shows mis- or and movies mixed up. It's, that's easy to do.
1: And yeah. uh, But nonetheless, uh, George Washington beat Martinsburg 64 52, so that game's a final. All of our games are set for tomorrow in the uh, Boys State Championship Saturday, George Washington and Morgantown in the uh, Boys 4A Final. That's the night cap at 8 o'clock. Let me go back here, though. The first game of the morning will be Mann and Pendleton County in the Class A State Championship at 10, at 12.30. It will be Polka and Williamstown. Important to note, if you don't have a ticket, You can't get one. You're out of luck. The opening session, which includes the A and AA championship games, is already sold out. There will be no more tickets on sale uh, tomorrow at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center for that early session. Um, Then in AAA at 5.30, it will be Shady Spring and Wheeling Central and the quad a championship game george washington and morgantown once again at eight o'clock let's go back to the charleston coliseum and convention center our good buddy dave morrison joining us super dot com as i didn't give him a heads up in the back there we go i don't have to give him too much of a heads up i was waiting on the uh the theme and this is what means dave morrison is with us here on
19: basketball friday night dave good to have you hey guys how you doing Outstanding. Wearing my royal motif this evening. Yeah, I like it. I like it. A well, great day of basketball today. That's an understatement. Oh, well, it is. It's been a great week of basketball. I think, uh, especially the second day with the upsets, seven and eight going down in triple A. Um, really, really entertaining basketball. And today, uh, I believe the the whole the session got started early with uh, Isaac McNeely and his- clutch 3 and Not only did he do that once, he did that twice around a uh, you know big shot by um, Satterfield from Charleston Catholic. That was uh, it, for what it lacked me in the first three quarters, aesthetically it really uh, made up for it in that last 23 seconds. And to, and to kind of walk our
1: listeners and viewers through that real quickly, one, Charleston Catholic had nine points at halftime. It was a very uh, kind of a sloppy type game, but Irish opened a ten point lead with five and a half minutes left and Polka was able to come back Polka was down by two with about 30 seconds left Isaac McNeely pulls up, hits a three but 23 seconds left to give the Dots the lead Charleston Catholic went on the attack right back the other way. Aiden Satterfield cutting to the basket getting a layup to give the Irish the lead with 10 seconds left. Polka throws in. You heard Alan Osborne. We don't call a timeout with more than (laughs) 4 seconds left. They get it to Isaac McNeely. He runs into the front court, steps to the left side and knocks down a 3 with 1.7 seconds left. And that is what gave Polka the 42-40 win over Charleston Catholic today. And and Dave, um, something we talked about just now. It's a sellout already for tomorrow morning for the uh, A and AA sessions. And I don't know that there's an easy way around it. It's unfortunate for some of the kids because I know that Williamstown-Chapmanville game, which was there were no tickets available for after 10 o'clock, for that 1 o'clock tip today, it didn't quite have the student atmosphere you normally get from those two schools.
19: Right, yeah. I think if you get the the way that the tournaments worked out a lot of the schools for the first time you don't have that the typical student body backing them up and uh that was one where you probably would think that there would be a a lot of backing and uh because of the ticket and the situation there's it's just not happened yeah and and
1: like i said i don't know that there's a way around it it's just unfortunate it's part of covid and it's part of this uh, pandemic that we're trying to get
19: through. So. Yeah, every, everything is new. So. <laughs> I'm just glad that we got basketball, you know, and, and uh, a lot of... It's probably a one-year
2: deal, Dave, and hopefully that's the way it's going to be. You know, uh, um, um, talking about the uh, some of the games we've seen today, probably one that kind of surprised me, and I'll get your thoughts on this one, was how poorly Huntington played against Morgantown. You know, give Morgantown credit for that, but Huntington just uh, just didn't basically didn't show up, it seemed like, this evening.
19: Imagine we back on. Yeah, are we yeah, he lost this. Okay. I was
2: gonna say, like,
1: I don't think Dave can set that still for that long. It just, it, 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 <laughs> the video froze up. on I don't. You know be, me too well. Yeah. Uh, what Bill was asking was about the way Morgantown basically dismantled Huntington. Uh, very strong performance, there for the
19: Mohegans. Oh, I think that uh, all season they were running. They're the number one team in the state, and the way they just, And you're right. They They really broke them down in every area that they needed to and uh, ran away with that victory. I think it showed how strong they are. I think it was really tough with them last night coming off that win over Beckley. Nobody was really into that game as far as what you would think a state tournament game would be because of the terrible and tragic situation with uh, Dwayne Richardson. I just talked to him a couple weeks before that, uh, leading into the – it was during the sectional tournament championship after that game – and uh, and Dave Tom and he he runs a really classy program. It, it was really tough for them to come out. They you know that they were as upset of, by the situation almost as Beckley was, and uh, if that could be possible. But it, the whole scene, I'd never been around something like that. Ron Kid said obviously he'd never dealt with something like that. Everybody, we have COVID and we talk about COVID and everything's new. This situation was just awful, just terrible. And uh, I think it was. Uh, Morgantown to go on and win the state championships, which they said they wanted to do for Beckley for the Richardson family. That tells you a little bit something about Dave Tallman yeah. right there. But, uh, you know, to to have to come off that, come in today, I think they got back into the, um, I think it was the second half, really, when they just started uh, doing what they have been doing all season. They got so many shooters, such a good, uh, well-rounded team. It's uh I would be shocked. George Washington's got a great team. I would be shocked if Morgantown doesn't win that game by double figures. Maybe the, ten, twelve. Yeah.
2: Dave one I'm excited about tomorrow's the three A final. It's a classic Northern West Virginia, Southern West Virginia battle with Shady Spring.
19: The classic and, of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that tells you where we're at right now, doesn't? It? <laughs> if every year was going to be a COVID year, Shady's playing Wheeling Central for a triple A state championship. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the best Shady's the best defensive team I've seen in a long time. They Ronnie Olson told me when he took this job. He said, "We're going to win the state chase a day. I'm winning a state championship, and we're going to do it with defense." <laughs> and darn if they're not. Uh, 32 minutes from winning state championship because and it all starts with that defense. Uh, you look what they've done in the postseason. They they've beaten every team that they played by double figures. I think they're averaging winning their games by over 20 points in the postseason. And they've got the Chapman brothers, which are outstanding. Todd Duncan's got 22 threes during this postseason run. Jaden Holstein, they're big is as good. He's improving. The start of the season to now, as much as any player I've ever seen Cam Manns, you look at the stat sheet, he's got 12, 15 points after every game, just really doing things. And he had to set out, and the real the, the kicker for this team, four sophomore starters, a <laughs> freshman coming off the bench. So they're going to be heard from for a while. But then you've got Mel Stevens team on the other end. Uh, Willing Central, they do everything fundamentally well. Great shooters, great fundamental team. They start a freshman um, running the point. Now, will they be able to handle that pressure that Shady's going to throw on them? That will be the key to that game. That should be a
1: fantastic ball game. Willing Central survived in the quarterfinal, hitting a three at the buzzer to beat Nitro, and then uh, a little bit um, bigger of a win today, but uh, still... Fantastic ball game shaping up for tomorrow. Dave, always a pleasure. Good to see you. Uh, Guys, I,
19: yeah, yeah, good to see you. And uh, I, I have more friends at Virginia today on Twitter than I, than I thought I would ever have. <laughs> <laughs> Posting that Isaac uh, Minui shot, I guess that's what it was.
1: Yeah, they, they follow up on their, uh, <laughs> yeah. their recruiting there pretty well. Yeah, I said,
19: I said Tony Bennett had a smile on his face today. That is for sure. Well, everything that McNeely did on that shot was perfect. I mean, he even followed a shot. You rarely see that anymore. A lot of, you know, the guys shoot now and they're backpedaling. with their hands still in the air, a la Jordan? And there was McNeely shooting and following through on a shot that he missed and had a possible putback for a tie or what for the win. Had he missed that shot? Dave
1: Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Always a pleasure, Dave.
19: All right, guys, always great to talk to you. Uh, Sad it's the last show, but uh, hopefully we can do it all year next year. Hope so. Once
1: again, Dave Morrison, our good buddy, thanks so much for joining us there from the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Let's go right back to the phone lines. And and I apologize in advance if I mispronounce uh, this name, and I, I sincerely apologize. Daniel Alkire is the head coach of the Hampshire boys team, the Trojans, the only eight seed to ever win a game now. in Charleston, and, and I know that they fell short today, but we wanted to have him on the program because they made some history earlier this week. Coach, first off, thanks for joining us tonight.
14: Hey, thank you guys for having me. Al Kyer, am I correct? Yes, Al Kyer.
1: All, right, all right, one for one so far. <laughs> thank, thanks so much. Uh, your basketball team, uh, you know what a what a great story, to beat Robert C. Byrd in the opening round, the first number 8 seed to ever beat a 1 uh, since West Virginia went to the seeding format which was a, mm, roughly 15 years ago now, and that maybe was a shocker to some and, and a surprise to most but tell me a little bit about how the classification has worked out for your school, it's a rural, was a A size school in the old format but always having to face your Martinsburgs, Hedgesville, Musselmans, to try to get anywhere out of the Eastern Panhandle to get to a state basketball tournament. This year, the path is different. You earn your way there, and you beat the number one seed. Is this kind of more indicative of how good your teams have been and just not been able to showcase it?
17: Uh, I, yeah, I
14: would like to believe that. And uh, You're right, we've been in the, the tripway, which is now the quad A, for, for a long time, and uh, we we are a very spread out county our county is very big we have kids that ride the bus over an hour one way sometimes uh, we don't always have uh, the the means of transportation to get kids home So that hurts us a little bit our enrollment did drop down so we uh, we g- dropped into the triple-a uh, basketball classification now and uh... i think it is just uh... fact that most teams have not seen us uh... most teams are not familiar with us And Rightfully so, playing against the, uh, the Martinsburgs or the, the Spring Mills, Washington, Hedgesvilles, Jeffersons for the last couple years and, uh, and so forth has, has ultimately helped us out with uh, the, the style and the tempo that we've been exposed to.
4: Hey, Coach. uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations on getting here and winning that first round game. But, uh, you know, just to share with people a bit about that experience uh, of coming to the state tournament. You see the seedings come out. Obviously, you know, your kids have uh, been battle-tested to get here. They deserve to get here. But uh, just that experience of preparing and getting to come to a state tournament, a lot of coaches uh, don't get to experience that.
14: No, and you know what? There's uh, I I joked with uh, a couple of my friends and whatnot, but There was so much stuff that needed to be handled and taken care of that (laughs) I felt like I couldn't even think or concentrate on basketball, honestly, until we got on the bus to come down here to Charleston. And uh, so it's definitely uh, overwhelming, but in a great way. Uh, There's definitely not a problem that you're you're concerned or worried about, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, There was a lot of excitement around the program, around the school, around the community. Uh, it's just great for these kids to to, to get to this point that these kids have been working their butts off for the last couple of years. Uh, they've been put, putting the work in an off-season. Uh, they just, I mean, it's a great group of kids. It's an awesome way to see these seniors go out. And hopefully, it, like I said, I told them in the locker room, it, it's setting a standard for uh, the kids coming up. And knowing that Hampshire High School can produce basketball teams that will compete at the state level and, Uh, That's what they've done for us, and we're going to continue trying to do that, and uh, we're all excited. I
1: know that there's a lot to be excited about, and sometimes a successful season like this one will set the table for a successful season, not just next year, but on down the road. The kids from the community can see what it was like this year. And uh, folks around Romney and all throughout Hampshire County now maybe a, a renewed interest in in basketball. And we certainly thank you for joining us and congratulations on a, a fantastic season.
14: Hey, thank you for having me. I love what y'all do. Uh, I'm looking at, during the season. I'm night in <laughs> looking at the scores and uh, checking up on your site. Uh, again, thank you for having us and. Uh... Thank you for uh, helping Hampshire
1: be recognized. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, you, you guys—you guys brought a lot to the table this year, and uh, we certainly appreciate all that you do as well with the kids there in Hampshire, and uh, for all that you do as well. We got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll go back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Rick Green, head coach of Victorious George Washington Patriots, will join us ahead of their state championship contest tomorrow as they strong second half to beat Martinsburg tonight. We'll also talk with Sarah Saunders. State champion from Wyoming East. All that and much more when
6: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit Basketball Night. Com. A big thank you to everybody joining us on all the social media platforms. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to some folks we missed, Ryan Wilson, Dwayne Smith, Lou's Farm, and just a few moments ago, Viking 360 joined us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills... That score, competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communications, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey today. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Couldn't do it without you either. And thank you to all the contributors out there, everybody that calls in and sends us tweets, texts, scores by email, phone calls. We appreciate everything you do to be part of the Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia family. Also, a big thank you to Marshall University and all the folks at the... Uh, School of Journalism and Mass Communications, everybody at WMUL letting us come and take over the place on Friday nights. And, of course, the flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington.
6: school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 11-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A little bit later on, we'll talk with Sarah Saunders from Wyoming East about her Class AA State Championship. We'll also talk with Taylor Maddox of Nitro. girls are girls Class AAA State Champs, but the Boys State Tournament Right now, semifinals just wrapping up. The nightcap, George Washington coming from behind to defeat Martinsburg sixty-four Let's go to Coach Rick Green of the Patriots at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Coach Green, a tale of two halves. Your good half a little bit better than Martinsburg's good half.
20: If that's the way it is, that way it was tonight. and That's the way it was yesterday, actually, for us. But uh, we can't... We can't do that tomorrow. Morgantown's way too good. We're going to have to put four of those type of quarters together to uh, be in the ball game at the end. Rick, Bill
2: Cornwell here. You doubled up Martinsburg 36-18 to 18 in the second half. You shot 70%.
20: I bet you probably didn't see that coming. No, I mean, we have shot the ball well, actually. Um, you know, Mason and Alex, their shooting percentages are really very, very good, way above average. But, no, not not to think you're going to shoot 70% in a semifinal game. No, but uh, very fortunate. It, it basically took that to be able to put Martinsburg away. And that ball
1: club is obviously a good one, and one that has a lot of pedigree. But talk about your second-half output. What did you tell your team in the locker room at halftime? Was it an adjustment, or was it stay at it? What what was? How, how did you handle that at halftime?
20: I don't. I always laugh when everybody's making all the adjustments. I mean, <laughs> if we're if we're making all the adjustments, why didn't we do it to begin with? So um, I'm serious about that. It was just the kids. Uh, you know, we just. I guess you could say challenge them. I just said, you know, guys, that effort. More Martinsburg to their credit, they're just playing harder. And if you guys don't want to play tomorrow night, then play like we did the first two quarters. But if you will play the way you can, and give the right effort, and talk, and do all the things that you know good basketball teams do, then you know we'll have a great shot to win it at the end. And again, to the kids' credit, it was just an effort, a more of a focus, and they picked it up. And you know, and you start shooting a little bit, get a couple of turnovers, and you kind of get that momentum going.
2: Rick, one thing I always like to talk about, the teams here in the what I call Metro Valley here between Huntington and Charleston and the MSAC. Uh, no, no offense to the teams up north, but the MSAC is such a gauntlet every time you play. All the teams are tough, no matter the record. It always prepares you for what's coming up on tournament week. I, there's no doubt about it.
20: Okay. Oh, I totally agree. I've always said that Uh, most years now, you know, everything has a a fluidness to us. But most years, if you finish in the top three and probably even four, you have a chance to get to the Civic Center and make a run if you can get in the top four in the MSAC, Uh, generally speaking. So you're right. If you're one of the top teams in the MSAC, you can normally play with anybody in the state.
1: Your basketball club will take on Morgantown tomorrow night in the first ever 4A Boys State Basketball Championship game. And uh, Coach Green, a lot of people have had things change with the, with the format and the changing of classifications, but the 4A schools for the most part are just the same AAA schools. That really has not had much of an effect on you guys, and it's basically the same number of teams you had a year ago in AAA.
20: Oh, yes, 100% correct. It hasn't changed as far as our schedule or MSAC, and it hasn't changed anything. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in the 4A, so I don't know a lot about single, double, triple. No disrespect, but I'm busy trying to <laughs> yeah. survive at my level. Uh, but from talking to some really good friends like Mick Price and some people like that, they're double A or single A, whatever it might be, it seems to have really opened up a couple of those divisions or classes. Uh, so whatever gives the kids the best chance and, and the most fair. Uh, organization of it is, is good by me, but no, it hasn't affected us whatsoever from that standpoint. George Washington, a, 50, a 64-52 win over Martinsburg
1: tonight, and the Patriots take on Morgantown for the state title tomorrow night. Ray Green, head coach of George Washington, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on the win, and best wishes tomorrow night. Okay, thanks guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank All you. Alright, and thanks so much. I appreciate Coach Green's time there at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center, and Uh, Coach Marone, you've been through this too. Sometimes your team will come out and play better in the second half. It's not always that you necessarily change anything. Sometimes it's just a reassurance of, guys, stick with what we're doing. You'll be all right. Sometimes there's just so many different ways. There's not a one-size-fits-all to handle a team that's struggling in the first half and to see how they play in the second.
14: No, and
4: like he said, uh, you can't count on shooting seventy percent in any half. Shoot the ball, uh, better. <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> Make I heard <laughs> shots, when I when yeah. I heard coaches' comments after the, the the quarterfinal game, I listened to those on the metro, and uh, he talked about their defense. You know that he he challenged his kids. You know we can play defense no matter how our shots are going, and then when the shots start falling. So I have a thing on my wall in my office uh, at at school. Uh, is you are what you are, and I mean like he said, these people that talk about a lot of adjustments, and there are adjustments to be made. Hey, don't get me wrong, but you are what you are, and you just got to do it to the best of your ability. And the best part
2: about the game tonight, yeah, they were down 10, 11 points in the second quarter, but they got a little run going toward the last minute and a half or so before halftime, and they sustained it. You know, so many times, though, those runs will die when you go to the locker room at halftime, and they you don't sustain them. Mm-hmm. But tonight, they really did. They just built on the little bit of momentum that they did build, at the end of the first
1: half. Tell you, a team that built on momentum all through last week was the Wyoming East Warriors. Their girls' basketball team winning the Class AA State Championship. Sarah Saunders is one of just a couple seniors on that ball club. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Sarah, first off, congrats on the big win.
21: Thank you so much. Uh,
1: Tell me a little bit about um, what a weird season. You only played ten games before the state tournament. Um, obviously, the season delayed. Tell me a little bit about how you guys handled that and handled the lack of regular season games and still came out as state champion.
22: If
21: this season was, like you said, it was crazy, and we just really had to go game by game because we never knew if the game was going to get canceled or rescheduled or we just didn't know, so we just had to play it game by game and just stay focused on our main goal.
1: Tell me a little bit about playing uh, alongside of Abby Russell, Skyler Davidson, obviously, uh, you know, Deja Summers. They were all fantastic, as were you in the state tournament. Uh, You guys are one of the more cohesive basketball teams, I think, that I saw a week ago, even with a star in Davidson. Mm -hmm. Still have a fantastic uh, just – you you guys seem to all be able to play within a role and be very effective at it.
18: Mm Mm-hmm.
21: Yeah, I love playing with every single one of those girls. We all buy into our roles, like you said, and we go out there and we really mesh well together. We have really good chemistry. I've played with Sky and Hannah and Abby since I've played basketball. I've played with them for years. And then you add Deja and Kaylee Bain and Maddie Clark and Colleen Lucaville. All of us really bought into our roles this season and it all
4: messed well together and now we're state champions <laughs> hey, yeah, Sarah congratulations on winning the state but uh, how has it settled in yet uh, about leaving your mark on Wyoming County basketball obviously a great tradition there but to get that second uh, state title and be able to to leave something behind for those younger players has it sunk in yet uh, to you and Sky and those that are they're moving on that you've left your mark on uh, on the program there
21: we we're talking about this yesterday. Actually, it really has not set in yet. um We, when after we won, we were on the bus ride back home. We were like, "Wow, wh- what did we just do?" Like, "Wow, that's crazy." And it still, it still hasn't sunk in yet. Not, not yet. <laughs>
4: And one quick follow-up. Uh, I think Coach Monzini doesn't get uh, enough credit. Uh, I know you all have great talent. You've had a great uh, group of girls come through, and you and Sky are kind of the bridge between that original group and then those young players that you had with you this year. But, you know, Coach Monzini seems to be a steadying force. She always seems to be encouraging. I'm sure she gets after you girls when need be. But just talk a little bit about what she means to your all's development and what she's meant to Lady Warrior Basketball. Indy,
21: she's a great coach. Um, There's nobody like her. She's always positive and always upbeat and will just always there to help us through whatever it is we need help with, you know. Um, All the coaches really do that, and she really helps the coaches help us. So she's very encouraging, and she always pushes us to do our
2: best. Sarah, we always ask Coach Boncini about this, about, you know, how successful Wyoming East has been and, you know, you talk about the fact that, you know, you guys have continued to tradition because every night you go on the court, you are the hunted. Everybody knows the success of Wyoming East. You guys some seem to fight through it and, most part, are successful. Yeah, we,
21: we always have a target on our back and um, just we always have to play with a little tip on our shoulder sometimes and just play through it and be physical. And defense is key. You have to stick to our defense and stay
22: focused.
1: I know it's been a good time down in New Richmond, Pineville, Mullins, and all of eastern Wyoming County. Congratulations, <laughs> Sarah Saunders, on the Class AA state championship.
21: Thank you. All right, Thank Sarah so Saunders, much.
1: senior at Wyoming East. and. um uh, Let's go right back to the phones. We're, again, we're running time on time. We've got a resident referee, Bo Anderson, who will join us a little bit later as well. One of the more improbable outcomes of last week's girls' state tournament was the AAA state championship game. Nitro was really good this year. Okay, So let's not, let's not pretend like this team was you know, the bad news bears of girls' basketball coming out and winning a state title. They're not. But they're really good. But I think a lot of the attention was focused on unbeaten Fairmont Senior, unbeaten North Marion. And I think a lot of people incorrectly felt that Nitro was a one-person show with Bailey Goins. So Nitro beats North Marion in the semifinal round soundly. And uh, Taylor Maddox had 30 points in that game. They get to the championship game in second quarter with a good lead and a good start for Nitro. Bailey Goins goes down with a knee injury and is done and I think pretty much anybody not wearing red and black with a Nitro shirt, I'm not even sure that they necessarily believed all that much either at points, but uh, was sure that they could they could still hold on and Fairmont Senior made a big run, took the lead but Nitro answered and got the win and the Girls AAA State Championship Taylor Maddox was a big part of that she joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia And Taylor, what a whirlwind week yes, yeah, it was
22: crazy
1: um let let's talk before we talk about that championship game, we'll and that's a lot to talk about with that one. The semifinal round, you scored thirty points in the win over North Marion, who was previously unbeaten. Uh what was you know, what did you do that was able to, you know, allow you to score thirty points? Were you able to get good shots because of defense focusing on Bailey or other teammates? Yes. The defense like
22: they they didn't like They focused all on Bailey because of, I guess, how her season went, and she's a great player, so everyone focuses on her. But their defense, like they laid back, so I guess I just had my open shots and I got excited and just (laughs) shot like I usually do. I mean, more than I usually do
1: then 17 points in the championship, and and let's be honest, they couldn't focus on Bailey Goins from the last two and a half quarters because she wasn't there. Tell me about, from your perspective, what you saw when Bailey goes down with the injury. What did Coach Jones say to you guys that got you guys back kind of in the moment and ready to go?
22: He had faith in us. He told us. He was like, we had to out-rebound them. We had to play good defense, and it wasn't just Coach, but it was the other coaches. We just had to work the ball around and just get open shots.
4: Hey, Taylor, uh, Coach Marone here. Uh, Congratulations. But uh, if you could talk a little bit about uh, the things that you did uh, when Bailey went down, uh, I saw you just kind of had a look in your eye. And when you got the ball, you were so aggressive with the ball. You were attacking the basket. You were making good passes. And you really have a whole game that you were able to to show the first, like we talked about the 30-point game and getting your open shots. But I was just impressed with you did whatever your team needed to do and you could see the fire that you had and shared all your teammates were playing the same way. It was just uh, something to watch. But if you could talk a little bit about having to do more and being up to that challenge.
22: Yes, yeah, thank you. Well, I knew whenever band went down, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be like, we can't do this, because I knew a lot of people in the stands probably thought it was over. But I was nervous at first. But then I knew we could do it. We can play with anyone we want to, and if we want to win it, we can. But we had every, like, after, whenever we got the ball, I felt like we needed to score in probably every shot we could. But I, like, we kind of, we, it wasn't the prettiest for a little (laughs) bit, but we just had to get it together. We just had to get it together because, I mean, Bailey does a lot for us, a lot. But we just needed to take over, and no matter what, we had to believe in ourselves and just make the play good defense and make as good of passes as we could.
1: And play outstanding defense did the Lady Wildcats. We didn't necessarily touch on that, but held Marley with Shenitz to 11 points on 5 of 26 shooting in the championship game. That's, that's defensive effort right there, and that's state championship effort from Nitro, and that's why the Wildcats are the A girls state champs. Taylor Maddox is sophomore Boy, a lot of people at the Cardinal Conference gonna to have to deal with you for a couple more years. They're probably not looking forward to that. But uh, congratulations on the state championship, and thanks so much for joining us tonight.
22: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, and again, that—that's a kid right there who really stepped up when her team needed it the most. It wasn't just her. Lena Elkins had perhaps the best day of any, you know, athlete in West Virginia in a long time. Star softball pitcher for the girls uh, for the softball team at Nitro. She's a winning pitcher in one game. She hits a walk-off home run in another game and then goes and plays in the AAA Girls' State Championship game, got a police, not just escort, (laughs) but rode in the cruiser to Charleston to make sure she got there in time. And then she has a big game in the win for Nitro and wins the Girls' AAA
2: State Championship, same day. That reminds me of the old uh, Randy Moss story, DuPont. he (laughs) He ran the sprints in the state track meet and played a baseball game the same afternoon.
4: Deion Sanders came to my mind. I mean, between baseball and football, when he was yeah. with
1: the Braves. So, Yeah, and, and she did this all in just a, a matter of a few hours. Yep. What a day, and, and just what a season, and what a special uh, special year for Nitro, yep. uh, the girls' AAA state chance. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is settled at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. If they don't turn the lights out on him, we'll go to him. And we will go to our good buddy from the Eastern Panhandle, Rick Kozlowski, as we wind down
6: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game during basketball season. And we'll see you here next basketball season with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It is our final show of the season. Thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to Viking360 just joined us on Twitter and all the new Twitter followers. want to thank everybody for sending us scores and helping us keep track of all the teams teams this season also the only information you sent us and uh, all the schedule changes and so forth we couldn't keep track of everything without you Thank you to all of our affiliates around the Mountain State, including 104.1 FM, WVXS at Romney, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM, WKQV, Cowan, and Hurden, Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, 102.3 FM, WMTD, Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR, Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Megwan Williamson, Belfry. 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX, Wheeling. 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, W V O Y Moundsville. FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW in Logan, and 950 AM WBES in Charleston, and 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington.
6: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 11.37 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone with you. We will have Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal in a couple of moments. We'll also have a special guest in a moment as well. Before we go to our resident referee, quick baseball note to to wrap up our Reds baseball coverage from before. Wade Miley completes a no-hitter. Woo! Fourth no-hitter thrown in Major League Baseball this season. Of course, WVU grad through the third. John Means. Yes, for um, Baltimore. Um, So that was a couple of days ago in Seattle. So another no-hitter. Two errors and one walk. Keeping Miley from a perfect game. First
2: Reds no hitter since Homer Bailey about five years ago.
1: And I believe it was against the Pirates. Mm -hmm. It was his his second no hitter. Uh, Yes, because he had two there in about two two or three years, roughly. And uh, we'll go to Bo Anderson in just a moment as we. Actually, you know what? Let's do it right now. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is (laughs) at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. He joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Looks like he's ready to officiate a ball game right now. (laughs) Bo, how you doing tonight?
23: Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Ryan. Hey, before we get started into the questions, uh, it's my understanding that, you know, you've missed a lot of plays this year, a lot of uh, calls, uh, you know, on the radio. And uh, so my understanding is that the the, the good Dr. Bailey and and I think Rick and Billy and uh, the rest of the crew decided that they needed to uh, address this by giving you a book to study with. So I think Billy (laughs) sees... has a book for you and and what I'd like for you to do with that book, Ryan, is study it a little bit and then in the first show next year I'm going to give you a quiz and uh, that way you'll know a little bit more about the game when it comes to high school basketball. The book is called You're the Basketball Ref. Mind-boggling questions to test your
1: basketball knowledge written by Wayne Stewart. I'm going to have to get you to autograph this for Yes, though.
13: yes. I want an
1: autographed copy. Oh, this is fantastic! I mean, you got a song, You got a book. What what a night, right? You thought Lena Elkins had a good day Saturday with a walk-off home run and women singing your praises, you know. But but see, there's there's something else here that I don't think Bo maybe is aware of on the book. 113 questions. <laughs> we might ask Bo a bunch of them next year, too.
2: Yeah, you Start got about ma- fair play, Bo. You
23: got your material for the next year. <laughs> well, <laughs> you go right ahead, Ryan, but I want you to you to study it first. Uh, I absolutely
1: will. Short off-season, but I will definitely put this to good use. Thank you so much. That was so nice. Uh, uh, of course, always thanks to Dr. Bailey here at Marshall, too, and uh, Dr. Chuck Bailey and all that they do for helping us. Now, Bo, real quick, because we're 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 going to have to uh, go to another guest here in just a moment. But uh, anything that you've seen so far in the state tournament that uh, has stood out to you, maybe that might catch some people that don't know the rules all that well?
23: Well, there was a play in a game that, uh, you know, doesn't happen too often and uh, a little bit of communication, but uh, there was a play where a player went up for a shot and uh, there was one official who called a uh, blocking foul while another official called a player control foul. Uh, In that scenario, you would have, uh, actually, you're going to have a double foul but the the way that you would uh, you know use the rule is if the ball went in the basket and it was on a shot and it was released and went in the basket, then you would score the basket and you will go with point of interruption, which means if team A scored the basket, then B will get the ball on the end line. If the shot was missed then you would have to go with the alternating possession because you don't know who was going to get the rebound you can't determine that because you you've killed that play for the rebound uh that play happened um up here today uh and that's one of those uh plays that rarely happens and you ra- rarely see it uh, another play i saw was in a uh, regional game that i watched uh, where, and I don't think the coach understood the rule exactly, a player caught the ball uh, and shot a three-pointer, and in the meantime, a defensive player ran through the screen to try to defend the shot, and so if the player's in the act of shooting and it's not his team fouling, then he finishes his shot, the three-pointer went in, and... And then the team that got fouled that was actually shooting the shot gets the ball out of bounds on the spot closest to the foul or if they're in the one-on-one one or two shots on the 10th, then they get either one-on-one one or two shots. And I think the coach, according to who I was talking to, wanted one shot. Well, I'm not sure who you're going to give that one shot to. It's actually going to either be a one-on-one one or a two, or it's going to be a spot play wherever the foul occurred. Uh, those are a couple that, that have caught my uh, attention. That um, and, and the officials uh, the official got it right on that case, too. And those are a couple that caught my attention here recently. Uh, everything else seemed to be pretty smooth today as far as that goes. There wasn't anything really odd going on, uh, which is uh good for the official standpoint.
1: Absolutely. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, always a pleasure. We thank you so much for joining us. We've got to go right back to the phone lines right now because uh joining us here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia is Fred Persinger, the voice of quite frankly, the voice of high school sports in West Virginia, yeah. broadcast for Metro News. Fred. First off, it's nice to get to talk basketball with you.
24: Well, it's my pleasure. Anytime. You know, that's always high school basketball time, and it's about the end of the state tournament when I get an opportunity to talk with you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we get you in here for the big moments. And, uh, boy, what a day. <laughs> I, I think semifinal Friday in a given year is the best day. And this year, it was hard to beat the opener this morning at POCA, Charleston Catholic game, spectacular. we got four good championship matchups.
24: Yeah, I hope we do, in fact. Uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're never guaranteed anything in this crazy game, but, you know, you talk about Polka and Charleston Catholic, and POCA somehow got out of there with a win. I don't know how many timeouts you can call with 1.7 seconds remaining <laughs> in the game, but, you know, they, they hit the limit, I think, this morning. But, you know, I understand uh, everyone trying to make sure they knew what the other team was doing. I thought to myself there one time, hey, come on, guys, they only have two inbounds plays. You've seen them let's play. Because you know? usually if you're late in the first game, you're going to be late all day long. But uh, it wasn't too bad. We got out of there tonight before too long. We've been getting out about 10.30. We got out tonight about 10.40, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, not too bad at all. A uh, great
1: week as well. And I have to ask, um, you were a bit of a ball
24: magnet earlier this week. And I had uh, a group of officials that had that game, and uh, one of the officials I've known for a long time, and he came up to me and said, man, I'm sorry. He said, I should have protected you better. And uh, then I had him again tonight. Well, I had him last night. They came by last night, and I had moved. I had moved where I was sitting because I wasn't doing the game. I wasn't on the broadcast. And I'd moved down to the other end where we normally sit, a lot of our guys, and, and he came up, he said, why are you sitting down here? And I said, because you didn't protect me the last time, I don't feel safe when you're on the floor. But yeah, you're right, I, I, got, a, I got a lap of hot coffee, but it wasn't quite as hot, which I'm thankful for, but I got a lap of hot coffee, and then, I don't know, what, a couple of hours later, I was sitting in the same spot, and I, I had some ice that I'd been eating, and I got that in my lap, so it was not a good They were just looking for me, you know? <laughs>
2: Bill Cornwell here. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Just kind of watching uh, the action of uh, this week, uh, despite the uh, the pandemic, despite the uh, condensed season, the late start of the season, uh, it hasn't hurt the competition. It hasn't hurt the quality of this tournament, and it hasn't hurt the quality of the performance of these players. For the most part, uh, they just do their thing.
24: Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I I think anyone that has listened to me on other programs know that i'll be honest i'm just i'm still not a fan of four classes i just don't think our state is large enough for it and i was vocal about that we had uh, a meeting this past sunday with all of the coaches in parkersburg and and by the way let me say that the the four classes is going to be here to stay and i was thankful here it's not going to be for all sports uh after year next year but still uh it's going to be here to stay in basketball but uh mr dolan asked the question of all the coaches there said well you know uh, we went through one week of four classes how many of you think we ought to go back to three classes and in the room there was probably 50 people and I was the only person that raised my hand but I'm honest I'll say that in front of the SSAC or anything else I honestly just don't think that we have enough teams in order to have four classes now you take Cameron they got down here for the first time if you guys saw Cameron, girls and boys, had have been down here anyway. They were that good this year. Uh, same thing with uh, Calhoun. They would have been here. They had a great ball club last week. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I do know that last week, through the first three day, three and a half days, average margin of victory was 27 and a half points. Now, you got to ask yourself, okay, we're bringing in a lot more teams, but fans still have to buy tickets to watch those games. Are they going to buy tickets that are $10 a piece to watch a team get beat by 30 points? I don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I know they're going to uh, continue, according to what they said in that meeting, that basketball wills, is here to stay with four classes. Uh, I don't know how many of the other sports will go four classes. I don't think football will. Uh, I don't think baseball will, but we'll see. It's up, to those. it's up to the uh, administrators, the principals, and we'll see what they decide.
1: Fred Persinger, Metro News. So good to hear you with high school basketball this year, boys and girls basketball, as well as Dave Wilson, all the guys. You do a fantastic job of bringing the, uh, bringing the games to life for those who aren't able to watch. And uh, we certainly thank you for all the work that you do for that. And, again, after last year, man, it's just great to hear you great to
24: talk with you. Well, it's certainly good to be heard, and, and again, I'm like you guys. I mean, last year was just—it was a killer. It really was, and uh, the way it had to end, and certainly we didn't know anything about the pandemic. Uh, probably, hindsight they say is always 2020. We could have probably played the tournaments. Because it didn't really get bad for a while. But still, uh, you know, the powers that be had to make the decision then. And uh, I certainly wouldn't argue with their decision. We did not know how dangerous this coronavirus was going to be. So, yeah, I understand that uh, you just hate that it happened to some of those kids. And I think that's why the boys team from Shady Spring is playing with such passion this year. They had a great ball club last year didn't even get to play in the class double finals, set regional finals last year uh, before it was halted. So they thought they could have won it last year, and now they're one game away, albeit a very tough opponent in Wheeling Central. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Should
1: be a lot of fun. Fred Persinger, Metro News. Thanks so much, Fred. Anytime, guys. All right. Always enjoy talking to Fred Persinger. we got to step aside to take our final break of the season. When we come back wrap things up. We'll also have Rick Kozlowski the Martinsburg Journal. We have a lot to do. We'll be back in two minutes on the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
7: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Thanks for joining us this season for our two shows. And of course, we'll be back next season and on great radio stations throughout the mountain state. And if we're not on your favorite radio station, give them a call and let them know, Hey, we want you to broadcast basketball Friday night in West Virginia during basketball season. Make sure you go over to our website. Check it out basketballnight.com. Big thank you to everybody at Marshall University and WMUL. Of course, their flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Some other stations we want to thank. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ Edmund Beckley, longtime affiliate, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 1290 AL. 101.9 FMW, VOW, and Logan. 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's. 106.7 FM WHFI Linside. 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley. 103.7 FM WQWV and Fisher. 92.3 FM WIRC Spencer. Also 1370 AM 97.7 FM WVLY Moundsville. 1600 AM 98.1 FM WKKX and wheeling 1360 am 97.1 fm whjc make one williamson belfry 740 am 106.5 fm wrnr in martinsburg 102.3 fm wmtd in Hinton, 92.5 fm wzac madison danville and 104.1 fm wbxs in romney
6: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's
1: been a year unlike any other, our second and final edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We always feature a standout athlete of the week, and unfortunately, because this is only our second show, we weren't able to necessarily do so many of them on the air, but we did keep them up on BasketballNight.com. Andrew Rogers has a look back at this year's
25: standout athletes. Of the week. An unusual spring high school basketball season came with many stellar standout athletes. Our first standout athlete of the year was Nitro junior point guard Colton Painter. Painter's drive has keyed his success.
10: It just makes you want to work harder and do the right things and then practice even harder than you did
25: last year and see where the year goes. Lincoln senior forward Peyton Hawkins was our next standout athlete. Hawkins, a multi-sport athlete, credits a strong work ethic and athletic success for allowing him to be a leader for his fellow teammates. I
16: think it's because I always
13: try to do the right thing and work as hard as I possibly can. Because if guys see you not working hard in practice, they're never going to work hard. You have to earn the respect that way. Always being successful at what I've done has also helped me to get in
1: the respect of all my teammates.
25: Our third standout athlete this season was Wheeling Park Senior Guard Lindsay Garrison. She says all her hard work paid off when she torched the Nets with 40 points on 12 three-pointers.
22: All the hours shooting in gyms and using shooting machines and everything really felt like it paid off. The threes just kept going in, (laughs) and I was expecting for them to really come out and pressure me more, and they just kept leaving me open, so I just kept shooting them. It felt so good to keep making them, and making 12 was
25: just awesome. Garrison was followed by a comeback story. Ritchie County's Sophie Nelson suffered through a herniated disc and two back injuries. But having a positive attitude changed everything.
22: I really just learned that keeping a good head and keep it, keeping yourself encouraged is really one of the biggest things, just having a good mindset. Because when you don't have a good mindset, you don't have the ability to work as hard as you can to get back. I think is a huge part that a lot of people don't really learn until they had to go through it.
25: Our final standout athlete of the season was Wyoming East senior point guard Skylar Davidson whose journey through high school was not easy for her to handle.
14: I've been happy to see a lot of the work that I put in this summer to translate to the court. I think my impact has been a lot greater this season than it was last season. I'm playing the game the same way I always have, but I'm still trying to distribute the ball. I'm still playing defense, still getting rebounds.
25: Our sixth standout athlete of the year was Autumn Lewis. She knew from an early age that she wanted to excel at basketball.
9: I got put into the sport to like try it out. And then just over the years, I fell in love with it.
25: Our final standout athlete of the season was Wyoming East senior point guard Skylar Davidson, whose journey through high school was not easy for her to handle. But the senior point guard understands that life comes with many obstacles.
22: I've just learned that the game can end at any time, and I'm going to play every game like it's my last. Last year, it ended from a pandemic, it ended mm-hmm. from injuries, and You never know what life's going to bring
25: you. Davidson's journey through high school wrapped up by her leading Wyoming East to a girls' basketball state championship last week. Thank you for the submissions for yet another fabulous year of getting to know more about the great high school athletes in West Virginia. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thanks so much, Andrew. and He did a 30-minute documentary about this
1: program. The show, how it came to be, and we're thankful for all the work that he does as well. He's a big part of this. We're running short on time. Let's go to our good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. It is cause time. Uh, It's it's May already. (laughs) Rick, it's good to have you on basketball Friday night in West Virginia, even if it is May the 7th. And Rick has gone into spring hibernation,
10: so we're getting to <laughs> How are you doing, Rick? Hey, hi, hey, guys, good to good to hear from you. Um, uh, unfortunately, I wish I could have heard you guys last week too, but you know things happen.
1: Understandable, understandable. But, you, yeah. you have a lot of work to do. We know.
10: Well, I'm I'm, I'm working t- uh, for the last twelve of the fourteen months. I'm basically a one person sports operation, mm. and. Let me tell you, these last three weeks with the uh, the sports of spring and sports of winter going on at the same time, I'm an old man. I need my beauty sleep.
1: And, and Rick, uh, we, we're running we're running tight on time. We've only got about a minute here uh, but Martinsburg's boys fall today in the or tonight in the semifinals. uh they had a great first half, but George Washington had a little bit better of a second half. still a great ball game uh, it, it It's just good to be talking high school sports right now.
10: Oh, absolutely, just just great you know it's you know, I think we we look back in time, you know, we didn't know what was going on with the pandemic we We assured this is gonna be many a little flip on the radar. And while that radar just like kept blipping, 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 and and here we are. Yeah. But it's great. Uh, it's great to see something happen.
1: And, and Rick, we always enjoy talking with him. I'm sorry, we we just don't have a, any more time. We're, we're running out of here. But uh, thanks so much for everything that you do for high school sports. I sincerely mean that.
10: Well, thank you for saying that. And you guys, uh, you guys be good. I guess uh, you know. Uh, nine months from now, or whatever the heck it right. will be, we'll, we'll, we'll really get into it, right? Hey, it'll be a short off season for all of us. Hopefully, we'll be here in December. Don't worry, Rick.
1: That sounds good, Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. Thanks so much for joining us. And we've got uh, just a short time here. Let me quickly go through the schedule for tomorrow. Boy State Championship game starts at ten o'clock, Single A, as it will be Man and Pendleton County, and then at twelve thirty, Poco and Williams That game, those games, that session sold out. No tickets available. Also, in AAA tomorrow, five thirty, it will be Wheeling Central and Shady Spring for the boys' state championship, and the Quad A title game. Four A playing at nine. Excuse me, at eight o'clock tomorrow night. Eight o'clock tomorrow night. It will be Morgantown and George Washington. Wow, what a season, guys! <laughs> we we only got to share a little bit of it with you on the air, but still, so many great stories out there.
4: Yep, and uh, thanks to everybody behind the scenes. Uh, They know who they are, and we truly appreciate them. Championship Saturday is going to be fun. In a year where we only got to
1: have two episodes, people put in the work that they normally would in a full year. We thank them all for that, and
0: we thank you. We'll be back next year. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network, copyright 2021.